Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two, three, four. Taryn watches live feeds all day long. Brent's always there to say when he's wrong. They've got the feud that just won't quit. And Melissa's the one who has to deal with their sh**. Now the LSD. They told you it for free. Why are you living your life there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Stockwatch Roundtable of the season of Big Brother 22, All-Stars 2. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything from the feeds and rate the players based on their gameplay week to week. With me today is Melissa. How you doing, Melissa? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about the first week. Uh, normally, we don't even get feeds at this point, so this is very exciting. Um, it feels kind of like a later week than normal, but um, yeah, it's been fun. Yes. Also with me is Brent. How are you doing, Brent? I'm doing excellent. It is nice to be back. I am hoping that we can actually finish the Stockwatch this season on Big Brother. Uh, it would be nice. I would like to win one again. Uh, I enjoy the way that the uh, Stockwatch has been uh, put together this season, and I am looking forward to uh, triumphing, I must say. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now also with us here as a guest to the roundtable is Puya. How are you doing, Puya? I'm doing well, Taryn. Um, no, many people might not remember this, but at the end of Big Brother 21, if you looked at that Stockwatch ranking, you are the highest member of the RHAP brand up there. I was the second highest. I beat both Melissa and Brent. So I'm here to just, you know, say hello and then uh, peace out. But uh, I'm fun. I'm happy. I'm excited to talk about everything. Let's go. Yes. Beating me is not is not some uh, great feat, I will say. He's like, I also beat Melissa. It's like, yeah, so did literally everyone else. Yeah, basically, uh, Puya won a spot on the round table for the, for the week <laughs> by beating everyone else. Yeah. Um, no, uh, we um, look. The, uh, we uh, I split the round the round table into sort of like two different parts. Hopefully, that means that this can be a tighter show um and hopefully that means that we can have more people on the round table uh from time to time as well um and so we're kind of experimenting with uh with throwing in a guest spot for puya um we are you know still trying to figure out the ramifications of that when it comes to the stock watch but we'll get into that uh when we when we get there um for now though let's talk about big brother 22 and what we have been seeing on the feeds uh in this 
game. Um, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Very interesting. It's the first week of feeds. We don't, we don't usually get this on the feeds and it's also all stars and there's also pregame relationships, uh, just like just actual relationships. Um, there's a lot of people very nervous about, you know, breaking the ice and, and being the first person to start talking. Um, and we're really seeing a lot of uh, people finally coming together. Some alliances finally starting to form as we close out our uh, get to the close of week one in the house. Brent, I haven't heard from you in a while. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that, like, can can the audience never eat well? Can we never eat well? Because I'm so irritated that every freaking season, it seems like the people that the audience writ large, and I realize everybody has their favorites, but every I would say like a plurality slash majority of the audience are rooting for these people uh, never seem to do well. Like, it, like there's <laughs> literally an alliance of like the uh, unbecoming untouchables. Uh, forming in front of our eyes of like Christmas and Nicole Franzel <laughs> and Cody and Tyler and like uh, Memphis, like people that nobody wanted to see back for the most part. I know some people want to see Tyler back, but for the most part, like, and is anybody, was anybody clamoring to see Cody again? Was anybody clamoring to see Christmas again? Nicole Franzel? Like, it's, I, I, I ask you, oh, with I- all these people are coming together. Why can they not work with other people that we like? I, I, I think know this. I think part of it though is that the likability factor will drop once you once you get into a majority alliance like this. For instance, Danny, who I think a lot of people were very excited to see. Um and I think there are other reasons to be annoyed with Danny than just this. But uh, but I oh, think yeah. that the fact that she's in a majority alliance uh, working with these other people is not helping her cause. And not to mention, we have Bay and Day uh, who are in pretty good with them as well, uh, who so, I think are still relatively untouched. But but yes, continue. Let me just say, let me just say, like, as a counterpoint to that, if like, say, Davon was the initial head of household and she put up, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody she might've put up like Ian. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think she would have done that. Cause she didn't even think they were in danger for heaven's sake. Uh, like, put up Ian and you know, who knows? I don't know after that, but uh, like that, I, I'm, I love Ian, but that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Like uh, that would that would have been okay, and I would love Davon, and it would have been fabulous. But instead, freaking Cody, you know, like has to win HOH at the beginning, and yeah, like, and he's so nice and so genuine, and I'll give him credit for it in the stock watch when it comes to that. But it seems like no one's coming for him. It's just irritating as living, and it really pisses me off. And it's only week one. Uh, Melissa, how are you feeling the same way? I am. I'm trying to keep an open mind. Like, I really am trying to keep an open mind going into this because I feel like I always start off like immediately being angry. And I'm trying not to do that this time. I'm literally just trying to like keep an open mind and be like, That's you know okay, what? Melissa, let's come with me and play and let's like, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it's it is frustrating for sure, because it does seem like people are acting like. I don't know, I just I'm a little frustrated because I feel like a lot of the quote unquote old school people or not a lot of them, but some of the old school people are like 
trying to pretend like they're not old school and being like, I'm with you guys. I'm with the new guys. I want the cool kids. I want to be with fellow like, kids. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like that's Enzo Memphis. and Memphis. Memphis. It really is. It's like Memphis and Enzo and Danny. Like I, it seems to me that they're like, we're young. Like we want to be with the young guys. Like we don't want to be with the old, the old geezers over here. And so they're like purposely separating themselves from it. And like, at the same time, it's like, I'm, I'm get I get frustrated because I'm like it shouldn't be old school versus new school. It should be everyone working with each no, other. No, it's not old school versus new school. It's the young white pretty people against everybody else. That's well, what it seems like this season. It, because if well, you're young and white and pretty, young. I wouldn't even uh, say young though. We've got Memphis and Enzo in there. Uh, like I mean, come on. I yeah. just feel like I'm frustrated because it's like Memphis is like. I am not with Keisha. I am not with Janelle and Kaser. Like those old guys, no way. And it's frustrating because it's like you're you're one of them. Like like you're not you're not one of the young guys. Like it's 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 like see what's going on here. Like you are going to end up getting picked off. Like at least that's the way that's the way I see it. And you know I've been trying to think this through. Is like like obviously like this would never be relevant but if i were on an all-star season <laughs> how would i handle like if i was like one of the newer players but on an all-star season with these like legends like how would i handle that because it's like you can't just i mean it, you can't give it like a paul situation where you're like oh he's paul he's you know he's an all-star like he's a great and i'm like this new person like i, I just want to work with the him and do whatever he says or like a boston rob type situation like I, I wouldn't want that to be the case. So what I would, my plan would be is to garner favorability with the fans by working with like Janelle and Kaser and immediately right off the bat, like I'm going to work with these guys. And then like maybe halfway through, if we make it there, like let them get picked off, but not by me. And then say, I, this is revenge. Everything I do from this point on is revenge for Janelle and Kater. The fans are like, oh my God, she's revenging their honor. Like she's doing this for them. All these moves where she's being, you know, deceptive to all these other people we like, like it doesn't matter because she's doing it for our favorites. And that that's what I've been thinking about. I see you also fantasize about uh, playing the game and oh, it yes. going extraordinarily well for you in it's unrealistic crazy. ways. I mean, every single time I win. So it's very odd. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. A new season uh, with Brent <laughs> ranting about the underdogs. Melissa being frustrated. Puya, what do you got for me? <laughs> I, I, I hear the sadness. I hear the anger in your voices. And yes, you either are Dan or you live long enough to become the Jerry who is literally Memphis now. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's the part of me that was like, oh, I didn't think we were going to get anything this this summer. And then now we got it. And now there's like we got week from week one. We've been we've been eaten. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm not like stuffed. Right. I'm not full, but I'm eating. So that's good. I'm liking that. It's week one. I'm trying to convince myself that, hey, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I have, I have one person, one person who I never expected to see who represents where I come from, my background in Kaser. <laughs> and the kiss of death was looking crazy this week. That's gone now for now. It's not looking amazing still, but I'm trying. I'm just trying to be like, hey, listen, here's the meal. You got to hear the buffet closes at nine. It's 850. I'm trying to keep eating. That's what I'm going to try to do. And I'm going to try to enjoy it. I'm going to try and keep it, you know, keep it on the up and up. But Brent, I don't want to take it away from you. There are parts of this that are looking a little bit yikes. So let me ask you this, Puya. So the reason I brought up the thing about the white, young, pretty people is because my friend Cass, who's like BB Up Dudes on Uproots, I forget her Twitter (laughs) handle on Twitter. I think it's Dudes. 
Is it Deuce? Okay, I yeah. had it right. Uh, she was like, you know, hey, idiots! Like, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you might want to notice that the young, white, straight, pretty people are all working together. And it does seem, for the most part, that that's what's happened. Like, if you see somebody like Cody, you see somebody like Tyler, they're probably working together. They're probably working with the old guy in Memphis. They're probably working with, like, uh, Enzo, who's like a guy's guy. Like, uh, just... Yeah, it frustrates me that and then you have like you know like the people that they don't want to work with or then they give like you know uh the thing that's really irritating me about the uh the house guests referring to bailey and and davon is that they give them like lip service like oh yeah i want to work with them but they they never include them in any of their plans like it's just like it's almost like they're doing it for show so like i i'll like people like kevin and nicole anthony and ian and uh, davon and bailey and caser all on the outside all with no agency in the game, doing what everybody else tells them. Even somebody like David, who's, I suppose, you know, arguably included in some of their plans, is not taken seriously, although that is maybe by his own doing more than anything else. Like, it's just, I, I just want one season where, like, and I, I take your point, Taryn, like, you know, if somebody on quote unquote my side of things had won HOH and had been doing something, what would I feel about them? I, I feel like it would be different. I really do. Um, and I, I, Danny has been irritating me, but not as nearly as much as everybody else on the board who is, I just like, I'm like, why are you back? And I didn't, I didn't ask for you. Why are you here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to just like uh, also appreciate um, the, the difference between this year and last year and mm -hmm. some of the stuff that we're seeing on the feeds and some of the intelligent conversations that we're seeing on the feeds and like the worst stuff that we're seeing on the feeds now still bad. We should still talk about it, but it's nowhere near what we're used to. I think that we are definitely uh, multiple steps forward in terms of just like uh, the people, um, certainly in terms of the gameplay. Uh, and uh, I'm very, very excited to get into it all uh, on the round table. So let's go through. Um, let's just kind of catch you guys up a little bit here um, on what's been happening. Obviously, Cody won the first HOH. He put up Kaser and or sorry, he went to go put up Kaser and <laughs> Chanel. Uh, and the but Kaser came in and said, no, uh, no, it's 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 me and Janelle. We're safe. He won the safety competition. Janelle is currently in a star costume um the uh, the mario star as rob put it uh <laughs> kevin and keisha ended up on the block with keisha pretty much as the target uh enzo won the veto did not use it and as of right now it's looking like keisha should be going home uh in this current vote she doesn't really have anybody on on her side except for Janelle and Kaser, uh, who are not making much progress. Puya, yeah, there. I mean, bless Janelle's heart. Janelle's trying, um, but at the same time, it's it's not looking great. Um, like I think Keisha's not been doing much either from that position. I know that the conversation going on is that I've heard you talk about it a lot, Taryn, where it's like, well, she, Keisha's in an unfortunate situation where she's on the block. It's hard week one. She can't like exactly go full razzle dazzle. She's very collected. Um, Kevin, you can see Kevin's very paranoid. Kevin's very worried and everything, but I just feel like Keisha's just been on snooze from the beginning. And unless she survives, she can't get turned back on. And unfortunately snooze is not where you want to be. I think everybody for the most part, was like, I want to see where the house is going. And slowly but surely, everyone's kind of nudged that they have a direction they want to go and they have an agenda they want to complete. 
even though no one's verbalizing exactly what they want to do, it's donezo. And I don't think Keisha's got what it takes to turn it around, not just from a social capital perspective right now, but also from a, are my allies willing to use their capital? And the ones that are trying, they're not, there's no one there to collect that capital. So there's just going nowhere. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I think it's really tricky this week because I feel like nobody is willing to stick their neck out and just say what they want to do. Like everybody's like saying like, well, you know, I- I'm not really sure. I- I'm not really hearing anything. Like I kind of want to see what's out there. And, you know, I- I'm I'm leaning towards Kevin. But, you know, I really like Keisha. It's like nobody will actually say like, hey, this is what I'm I want to do. And because nobody's doing it, no one wants to be the first one to say it because then everyone points fingers like, well, you said you said you wanted Kevin. So I it's it's got to be really hard for Keisha. But I do feel like I she seems to think or at least she did seem to think that she had Memphis. And it's like, but if you don't have those conversations and get that guarantee, like you don't have that person. And even though it makes complete sense for Memphis to want to keep you, because that's a simple, like we were on the same season. Like we, like we could work together, even if it's like a secret working together, like that's a connection there. Like Memphis is clearly like gone crazy and doesn't think that that's something he should use. And he he thinks that for some reason she still has like a vendetta against him. I mean, you can tell I'm annoyed with Memphis right now. Um, And I'm honestly very much regretting my entire draft. <laughs> if I could do yeah. it over again, yes. I would have changed. Who's not regretting my thing. draft because I picked Kaser. I know. Well, like here. Oh God, I keep thinking about like how I wish I had picked like Bailey. I wish I had picked um, Janelle, just because I'm like, you know what? I want to be able to root for the people that it, I'm. Yeah, I would love for Janelle to do well, and I would love to like cheer her on. So I should have just like had that faith and picked her. And then I probably would pick, I probably pick like, no, I was going to say Devon, but I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on her reads right now. Uh, gosh, that's tough. All right. Well, I, we're, I, not, look, we're not doing round two of the drafts. What? <laughs> no, I need another today. chance. Please give me another chance. Yeah. It's really frustrating watching uh, this whole week. I, I agree with a couple of assessments. Number one, that it does feel like, for a lot of the house guests that nobody is really talking game, but of course we know that they are talking game. If so, if, 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 if you think that nobody's talking game, that means that other people are talking game around you and they just aren't including you. And most mm-hmm. of these people are all stars are veteran players and they should know that. And then they should suspect that. I will also say that Keisha, Keisha's like, she's honestly like, a scrapbook where you look back at it and you're like, oh, wasn't that great? Like, that was really, those are good times back then. And then, like, you take a closer look at the picture and it's just not very good. Like, I, I'm really going to come for her in the stock watch, but oh my God, I've never been so disappointed in a player. Like, I, I of the people, I, I think Twitter went off the, the hardest when they saw that Keisha was going to come back on to Big Brother All-Stars this mm-hmm. season. It was like, oh my God. Finally, they're going to right the wrong that they never brought back people besides Dan from Big Brother 10. And we're going to get it. We're going to get Keisha on the show. And we're getting Memphis to boot. Are you kidding me? And then like, we don't really like Memphis and Keisha is terrible. Like, let's just leave them in the past where they belong. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll stick up for Keisha. I think I've, I've kind of been doing that. I feel like, um, being put in this spot is, is really rough. Like, no, I don't think she's handling it well. I don't think she's playing it well. I don't think she's campaigning well. I think Kevin is doing much better. I think one of the, like, there are a couple of things going on here. Um, the vote between Keisha and Kevin, uh, even if Keisha was campaigning well, even if Memphis was with Janelle and Kaser, even if they did manage to rally some votes, they still don't have the numbers. Uh, Cody's side has the numbers. Um, and so Keisha's kind of screwed regardless. Um, but she could be doing more. Uh, and, and it's, it's frustrating not to see her doing more. And the reason she seems so far behind is because a lot of those potential swing votes, a lot of those votes that could be picked up that are not Cody votes, have already been picked up by Kevin. Um, he was doing great work building those relationships even before he got put on the block. And that's now coming in handy now that he's on the block, because once you're on the block, there's like a barrier to building relationships. Um, there's just, it, there's a thing that just gets in the way. There's a power imbalance. The fact that you're just kind of desperate um, and you know that they, like they know that you want something from them. Um, so basically Cody, uh, Kevin and Keisha's relationships were frozen in place the minute they were nominated. And Kevin had done a lot better at getting to the people that mattered. Um, and I don't think he was doing that intentionally, uh, but people like Nicole Anthony, Dave on um, even a little bit like David. I mean, he was in a, he was in the have not room with Ian as well. Like that was, that was a stroke of luck for Kevin because he got along with those people. He fit in with those people and they were very, very key votes for him. And it's almost impossible for Keisha to pick up those votes because Kevin already has them. Um, so that's that's sort of where Keisha is right now. And I don't think that this for me tarnishes Keisha's legacy in any significant way. I never saw her as like a super adaptable, like uh, can get out of, out of any situation kind of player. I saw her as a player that was like a very brute force, strong player uh, who like once she got her hooks in was like not going to let you go. And unfortunately, she never got a chance to get her hooks in here. And it's it's really it's really killing her. And I think it's a great example of, you know, players being great in certain circumstances and having no idea what to do in other circumstances, which is the factor of luck. Uh, so, yeah, I also yeah. think that uh, the, the thing that you said, I think it was on an update maybe yesterday where you were talking about the fact that Keisha in some ways is a little scared. Um, she's scared to do something because she doesn't know, like, am I safe or am I not? Because if I'm safe, I don't want to be the idiot that goes around and does something and campaigns and changes people's mind into flipping back to saving Kevin. Like, am I actually safe right now? And I just don't know it. Uh, so, but on the other hand, I have to say, if I was a house guest in the, in the house, I would always like, like, never let a pitch go past. You know, you always want to take the swing. I feel like if you are somebody who's playing in the game, if you don't feel a certain way, you can, if you take the swing and you, you campaign and then that's what gets you out, you know, you took your shot and you didn't make it. But to like, I don't think I could ever live with myself if I knew that I might be in danger and I did nothing to change my fate. Rob Sestronino in the chats uh, chiming in here. He says only your first time on these shows counts. Um, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection initially, but it's totally true of Rob Sestronino as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it, it, down to the pregame and kind of screwing you over a bit. Yeah, that's, that's true. very true about that. Yeah. Um, I will say, given her, you know, I I was the one fortunate enough to get to talk about Keisha 
on the hypothetically speaking series. I was so stoked. Right. And in rewatching her greatness in preparation, I mean, we talk about this is a different environment for her to be in. Her first environment that she thrived in, there was no nice, nice. It was explosion from day one, from week one, and that she rode the explosion. She thrived in that situation. She was not like scared to, you know, stand up and talk. She was not scared to challenge someone and she did it all. This house is playing what Tony said in game two. Nice, nice. Everyone's doing nice, nice. And like, no one's willing to do too much. Everyone, even the, the back talking is very in the shadows, very quiet, calculated. So she can't do anything in this environment because this is not the environment for someone like Akisha to thrive in. She has no way to do it outside of someone. You know how Cody was talking about? I wish, you know, someone had said something to me. So I'd put them up. If someone had said anything to Keisha this week, I think she could make a mountain out of it. But without that, she doesn't have the tools needed to build the environment that she could do the best in. And this is yeah. uncharted territory. For you, her. you ready That's- for this? You ready for this? Keisha is the, the, are the, she's the British and she's got a great army. She knows, she knows how to face on armies, you know, on the field, in the open. And this house is America. And uh, and we're we're cheating. We're we're you know we're doing guerrilla style warfare, uh, and we're 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 sniping them from the bushes. That's what um, it feels like, right? And she like, doesn't know how to deal with it. She's like, I've got all this ammunition, but I don't know where to shoot. That's it, honestly, Puya. I, I was uh, I got roped into some uh, random Big Brother game last night that I was playing with some mm-hmm. friends, where like they just like put it, you know, they determine HOH and POV by like a randomizer. Right. Um, and uh, I was a little like I didn't I knew most of the people who who were playing, but I didn't know any. Thing about the dynamics of the people of the current structure of that quote-unquote house and then finally at one point this girl Allie put me up on the block and I was like thank the lord because now I know what to do where to aim my gun what to what to go about and how you know how to play my game but up until then I was like oh I know like uh because I don't want to piss anybody off I feel like if Keisha P- just had that one person who said something or did something to her, she could like comfort Cody or do something or get votes behind her where people would talk about, Oh, I really want to keep Keisha in the house. She's got the fire in her. Like, let's get out the sneaky guy and Kevin, but it doesn't, it's just not there. And, Ke- and Kevin has a lot more empathy uh, with connecting with the other house guests in terms of them wanting to keep uh, her or him. And also Keisha, uh, she is one of the straight young, white, pretty people. And, but for some reason, some people see her as more with the Cody's and Tyler's of the world. And they don't want to keep her because of that. They want to keep the more offbeat guy and Kevin. So, uh, it's a, it's, it's, um, is a mess, Taryn. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the state of the house. We've got, uh, a few different alliances. Really the only solidified like alliances are there's, there's like three of them. Um, there's, uh, I think what is probably the most main one, and that is Cody, Danny, Franzel, and Enzo. I'm calling Nicole Franzel, Franzel. I'm calling Nicole Anthony, Nicole. Um, so Franzel is Nicole Franzel. Um, and uh, it's Cody, Danny, Franzel, and Enzo. They are a four. Um, now, these are very fragile at the start. Um, you can make an alliance, but unless you like check in multiple times, it's not not always solidified. Uh, so this one had been solidified one day and it hasn't really been re-solidified as all four of them in a couple of days. But uh, I still expect it to be pretty solid, mostly because of the individual relationships inside of it. Uh, Cody is super tight with Enzo basically as a final two of them. 
Uh, you have Franzel and Danny who are friends. Cody and Danny are like getting really close. And even Enzo and Danny um, have like a, a close relationship or, or a talk game uh, enough that this is a pretty tight four. I expect this to be the four that really makes a run for the game. Um, they are at the center of a lot of wider sort of circling outward, uh, spiraling onion layers of alliance. Um, so, Melissa, how do you feel about this? I mean, it's good for them, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's not super fun for me, but, you know, I I think that, like, it's it seems to be, like, a very tight-knit group. I mean, you definitely see a relationship between Danny and Nicole Franzel, and then you see definitely a relationship between Cody and Nicole. And I think that the two, Cody and Nicole, are doing a really good job of, or at least, I don't know, I don't know if necessarily Nicole is like, I don't know if anyone believes anything Nicole says, but I think that Cody is doing especially a really good job of it um, because he's kind of just like testing the waters with people being like, look, like I really don't know like what Nicole thinks of me. I know I really like messed up on my season when it came to her. Like I didn't treat her well or whatever, like game wise, Um, you know, I kind of just like screwed her. So um, I'm, I'm a little worried about her. Who knows? Have you heard anything? And then people always tell him, no, she seems, she seems like she like, likes you. Like there's nothing there. And he goes, okay, good. Well, you know, good to hear. And so he's doing a, I just think he's doing a really good job of like making it seem like they're not as close as they are when they clearly are super close. And you'd think that anybody would be able to see that. But I, I do think that there's, um, you know, a good pairing there. I feel like Enzo is kind of like the odd person out there. I don't feel like he has a super close connection to any of the three as individuals, maybe Cody, but not even that as much, I feel. Um, whereas Danny and Nicole, I think they're super close. And I think they're doing a good job of like kind of distancing themselves a little bit, even though people are like, well, they're friends, but you know, people aren't really putting two and two together as much as I would have thought. Um, so, you know, I do think it's a good core four for them. Um, don't love it for me, but you know, it'll be, get to watch yeah i mean enzo is very much in in the enzo spot right in that four where it's like he is helping keep the group together he's great glue um and uh and he's great to bounce things off of he's got great energy um he blends in with the rest of the house enzo is literally in the backyard talking about how in his season they used to say things like that's a brigade of bananas over there and people didn't even notice they were so stupid uh and he's saying this to them while being in two different brigades this season um so uh if they were if they were just a little bit uh smart you'd think that they would start to catch on a little bit but we'll see Um, i was really hoping to see enzo do a different strategy this time Like, I really was hoping that, like, it was going to be a different game. He is I mean, way too proud of the brigade to do something I different. I mean, here's the thing is it it works. It's a good strategy. We've seen it now work twice, you know, with the ex- literally exact strategy. Um, and we've seen, you know, variations on it. So I, I really honestly, like, I get why he's doing it again, but it's a little... It's a little a, boring. <laughs> it's his comfort level. That, that's where his comfort is, uh, Melissa. Like so many of these house guests, they they say they have big plans about what they what they go, what they are going to do. But when they go back into the Big Brother house, they so often just fall back into their old ways of doing things, old people that they connect with. Like it's just 
I guess when you get put in a situation like that where you, the pressure is high and you're looking for something, a life preserver uh, or, or to, to grab a life preserver. Is that it? Yeah, I guess it is. Life preserver to grab onto. Uh, like you just reach out for something like that and, and you go back to your old ways. And it's frustrating as you know what for us to watch. Uh, I wanted to see Enzo come back and like, wouldn't that be cool if like Enzo hooked up with like, you know, I don't know, like Davon and Ian or something. That would be so cool. Like if they hooked up together. I know, like, but uh, you know, and, and who knows? Like it's week one. So like we say, like, oh, he's doing the same thing again. And yeah, he kind of is, but like uh there are two women in this quote unquote brigade of four. So that's good. And two, like it's week one. So let's see what happens. Like, we need a, a lucky HOH in week two. We need like a Jen Johnson HOH for week two. Janelle. I mean, Janelle's a great example I know, right? of the exact kind of HOH we need. We need this. And if we can if we can get it, then but it's gonna be tough, let me tell you. Uh but if we can get it, then I feel like that a lot of things can break open. Um, but if not, then uh, I feel like the nominations for week two are probably pretty predictable. It, it's inter- it's interesting to me because, um, you know, I, I talked about uh, alliance structure in an offseason podcast and the brigade really uh, solidified a, a very strong uh, strategy, a dominant strategy for alliance structure. And uh, Enzo was a big part of that. And he is now working with Cody, who was a very big part of the evolution of the brigade format. And it kind of feels like this might be the next evolution of this form where the bomb squad slash detonator slash hitman was like a big alliance with onion layers. What they have set up right now is more like two separate cores um with layers on the with like a an outer layer uh, uh surrounding it which almost feels like it could be more stable and a little easier to manage and this might be truly the next evolution of this form of strategy uh the other core that i'm talking about the second brigade is cody enzo bailey and davon um we talked about this. Uh, it might have been this morning. It might have been yesterday. They're blending together. Um, but uh, but uh, Bailey and Davon are up in the HOH room with Cody and Enzo. And Bailey is basically just like describing the brigade to Enzo as like, we should do the brigade. Uh, we should have uh, each have like a connection and then we can keep each other safe. And then like through our connections, we'll have the votes to send home the person who's connected to the person. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's what that's what they did. <laughs> that's that's what they're doing. That's what you're doing. Um, and so this is a this is a second brigade. Now, again, um, this 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 was, you know, it was confirmed a couple of times. Um, but uh, and this one is a little fresher than the Danny Franzel one. Um, but it is also not been uh, sort of like re-solidified yet um, I, I think that part of what Cody is doing here with these multiple alliances on top of just wanting to help build you know out this this uh, this structure is that uh, if something goes wrong and say Janelle wins HOH and decides to target Franzel or something like that then that will I think help him decide which group he is like super solid with or let's say Bailey or Devon win an HOH now that's the four. Uh, so I, the second week HOH, I think, is going to be very crucial in determining how this 
overall structure uh, really solidifies here, Melissa. Yeah, I, I don't mean to jump in, but like I really agree with that because I I go back to what we said earlier about the fact that so many of the house guests feel like that nobody's playing the game right now. So until we get a new HOH and a shot is taken at somebody else in the house where they feel like that more uh, agency of the house is being encroached upon mm-hmm. by by somebody who is in power, then the game isn't going to start. So a week two HOH is really, really important. I would also like to tell people in the chat who are trying to manifest a, a case or HOH or Janelle HOH, that's all well and good, but I'm not even sure that they would put up the people that we would want. I think that it's more likely that they would get some, we'd get some wackadoodle nominations like Friends David and... Yeah, yep. <laughs> or David and Christmas or something like uh, like people like we're not going to get friends on Cody. Cody is too well liked, too well known in the house. They, he just has a genial way with people where they're they're just not going to put him up right now. Even though like he blew past everybody in that HOH competition with twenty two flipping seconds, and they still are like ah, oh, I'll keep him around. And he, got, and he got screwed by this twist where like it was basically exposed that he was going to put up Janelle and Kaser, uh, where like normally they just would have gone up. But now they're safe and know that he was going to that they were going to go up from him. And still the power of this structure and the first HOH and what they've put together seems to be holding, um, which is which is very interesting to me. Um, there is now also an outer layer to those core two groups, and that is the Memphis crew that he's trying to put together he's thinking about naming it the usual suspects or the unusual suspects although christmas is now very uh set on wanting to call it the incinerators um which doesn't make as much sense according to the theme but that's fine uh memphis's idea is i'm going to put together a group of people and we're never really gonna like get in a room together we're just gonna you know just play telephone the whole time and like uh, it's a bunch of people there it's like they, they can hold they can handle themselves socially and so we don't need to like reassure each other all the time so that's why we're including franzel because she's so confident in her own abilities um and uh, she's a winner did you know that she's <laughs> oh, a she winner is? Oh, my God. Um, and so Memphis's crew is himself, Cody, Danny, Tyler, Franzel and Christmas. Now, it originally intended to have Bailey. But when Memphis went to Danny, she said, you can't have Danny without Dave. Uh, sorry, you can't have Bailey without Davon. Um, and so he said, OK, scratch that. Then what about Nicole? Which Nicole? The little one. Which little one? The blonde one. That one. Oh, perfect. I'm friends with her in real life. I mean, uh, I don't really talk to her much, but it sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> um, so that group has come together. Memphis approached each of them. And in a weird way, this is one of the more solidified alliances now, even more so than these other fours, um, because Memphis has talked about it so much. And it's the most recent thing. Um Now, a decent amount of people in this alliance are not super sold on it, including Tyler, who uh, has expressed a lot of doubt. Um, I still have no idea where his head is at, by the way, but we'll get to that. Um, Christmas was initially uh, doubting it as well, but she had a talk with Cody today that seemed to like lock it in a little bit. She felt a little better with Cody. She feels a little sketchy on Danny, um, but they're probably going to help fix that um but this is sort of like if you look at so if you looked at again the bomb squad was like a bunch of circles there's one big circle and a smaller circle inside of it smaller circle inside of that this is like 
two circles with uh, with a Venn diagram in the middle of Cody and Enzo with an outer circle surrounding them both of the Menzo crew. The Menzo. I keep doing that. The Menzo. I like, Men- I like Menzo. The Memphis crew. It's <laughs> 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 so a lot of name mix ups this season. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that's that's really the uh, the sort of structure of this main power uh, alliance right now. Um, and so the people that are really on the outs of this, there's uh, David is kind of like they want to kind of work with him. He's got this connection to uh, to Tyler, which is great. But um, Cody kind of sees him as I'll put him up on the block as a pawn because he's not going to be super mad at me. Um, so not a great spot for David. Um, and then you have like Nicole Anthony, who is not connected to this crew at all, really, except for maybe through like Dave Vaughn. Um, then you have, uh, you know, like Kevin who is connected to Cody because Cody's telling me he's going to keep him. But beyond that, not much, maybe again, Dave Vaughn. Um, you have, um, you have uh, Ian, who is connected to Franzel, but outside of that, not much there. Um, and so and then, of course, you have uh, Janelle and Kaser, who are just, uh, you know, Janelle has a connection to Bailey, but not a whole lot beyond that. Um, she's connected to Danny, but Danny's like really not uh, not with her. Um, and then um, you uh, have Kaser, who is just completely completely not connected to this group and uh that's basically where we're at melissa now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. I have literally no idea why people don't want to work with Janelle and Kaser. Like, I, I totally don't understand it. And it's interesting to me because it does seem like a lot of people are saying like, oh, I'm scared to talk to Janelle. She's intimidating or like I, you know, saying stuff like that. And it's like, what are you talking about? Janelle is literally like trying to be nice and have these like nice conversations with people and like tell people things and reveal stuff. And then like either they just leave the conversation like, yeah, I just like, I couldn't talk to her. I couldn't figure it out. Or they like leave the conversation and then just go like rat her out and talk to other people about what she just said. And it's like, how... Why does no one want to work with Janelle? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Janelle is also like, I I do feel like Janelle also has a reputation of being like loyal 
Yes. To yeah. The team. Even the, oh, I'm sorry, but even so. Anthony is is doing this. She's having a conversation with Janelle, and Janelle's like, "Look, look at past history. That is indicative of future performance." And I was like, "Yes, you're totally right. Kevin will float. Uh, Keisha mm-hmm. will be loyal." Um, and then uh, Nicole Anthony was just like, "I'm just really worried that you're gonna like stab me in the back, Janelle. You're gonna be like running to other people that I'm being tricked right now." And Janelle's like, "No." That's not me. Like, I don't I don't play that way. Have you seen my seasons? Then Nicole immediately does that. Nicole, like, immediately rats her out. Like, it makes me so angry, like, especially because Nicole's sitting there during that conversation being like, like, please don't tell anyone like this stuff that I'm talking to you about. And Janelle's like, yeah, yeah, don't tell anyone that I'm telling you. And then it's like Nicole's like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to immediately tell people like it's it's very frustrating to see. And like same with Kaser. It's like people are like, yeah, I just feel like Kaser is just there for himself. Like like that he doesn't want to play with anyone. And it's like, what is going on here? Like, I don't understand why people are trying to go work with like people who have turned on their allies. I mean, like Nicole Franzel or like Danny or anyone like that, like who've turned on their allies when they literally have people who to a fault will work with their allies, Kaser and Janelle. Like that is like the exact kind of person I'd want to work with. It's, it's just, I don't understand the logic behind it. Like maybe it's that like, they're just intimidated by them because they know that they're like, they're like legendary players and that they, they're like, I mean, I, I mean, they're so cool. Like it, Janelle, like she's so cool. Okay, sir. He's so cool. Like if I were to talk with them, maybe I would feel intimidated. Maybe I would feel like I couldn't like totally open up to them because like, I'm just like intimidated. But I mean, I mean, that's it just what doesn't make sense to me. That's what they said to Kaser. She said, man, you're intimidated. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you intimidate But does that me. matter? Like, I mean, I guess like, it matters think in that some they ways. Would, like, yeah. Like as a game, like you think that they'd be like, look like maybe, yeah, exactly. It's like, maybe, maybe it's like first week, like, or maybe first couple of days, you're kind of like, okay, like, I don't know what to do, but that wouldn't preclude me from working with somebody just because okay. like, I'm not intimidated by talking to Nicole, one of the Nicoles or something like that would mean that I'd work with them over work with like Janelle and Kaser. Like, no, like, I, I don't know. I have a theory. Okay. So my theory is this, that the reason that a lot of people don't want to pick up Janelle and Kaser right now, even though they know they're loyal, that they're bigger targets and that they will go down with the ship. Like they're not sneaky. They're out in front. You know exactly what they're mm-hmm. doing. They're not going to blindside you. You're going to know it's coming. They're the perfect kind of allies to work with. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. on the other side, you have people like Nicole Franzo is the worst kind of ally to have, but mm-hmm. they won't work with Kaser and Janelle because they're scared because they know that right now Kaser and Janelle are the next two people out of the house, okay? And they are scared to death. They're like, well, I know next week it's probably going to be Kaser and Janelle. That'll give mm-hmm. me... It's the same thing that happened on Survivor All-Stars the first time around where people were just like, you know, they didn't want to make a move. They didn't want to upset anything. They're scared to play because they're scared to make a mistake. I Until something breaks open, Melissa, this is the dichotomy of the house and we're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also frustrating to me, though, that like even if you're too afraid to like outwardly, like out front, be like, I'm working with Janelle and Kaser, like these are my guys. You'd think that you'd at least try and keep them like as an open line of communication, like as like, I'm, I'm interested in working with you or whatever, rather than just immediately go spew everything that they just said to somebody else and like, and make them look even worse. I just feel like it doesn't make sense to me why you would do that. Like wait and see what happens next week. Maybe they win HOH. Like, I mean, maybe things change. I, I just feel like it's it's odd to me that at this point in time when they're not on the block and they're not in danger, like why you would 
try and like increase an already very large target versus like try and put yourself in a good position. Like it, you're, you're the most frustrated with Nicole Anthony right now, right? I'm like, very I mean, frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Nicole Anthony is like the example of what we're talking about. I do think there are plenty of people, my, maybe minus day as well, who is just very open to Kaser about like not wanting to work with him basically. Um, but other than that, I do think that you do have like Danny, who's basically keeping an eye on them. Bailey, who I think is keeping her options open, even mm-hmm. somebody like Tyler has been working on his relationship with Janelle and Kaser. Unfortunately, in that in that situation, it's Kaser and Janelle who don't trust Tyler because they think he's really with Cody, which I'm actually really starting to doubt that he right? actually wants to work with Cody and Danny. Uh, I'm actually starting to doubt whether Cody wants to work with Tyler. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that yeah. I'm sure about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think Bailey and Tyler are playing it right. Like, I yeah. think that there are other people in the house who are not playing it right. And I think that uh, I am very impressed with the way Bailey is playing right now. I think she is keeping her options open. I think people are interested in working with her. And I don't think she's shutting any doors and in, in, like slamming them in their faces. Like, I think that she's, I'm very impressed with her. And I, you know, like anything I said pregame that was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she can handle herself in this like all stars cast. Like, I take it back. I think she's great. She's playing like Bailey was at the start of the season last uh, on her season when we were so impressed with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to hope that that train doesn't fall yeah. off the rails. <laughs> booyah, booyah, for real. Like, do you feel like I'm right? Do you feel like that? Yeah, are there people in this cast that are afraid to play? Like, they're 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 happy that Kaser and Janelle are the current targets, and they just they don't want to think any far beyond that. Mm-hmm. I think you nailed the nailed it on the head with that point. I think there's like. Four reasons probably why this is happening. One is the one you mentioned. They're too scared. This is two guaranteed people in front of them that gives them two more weeks of gameplay, two more weeks to do other stuff, to plan stuff, to like come out of their shell. As long as they can delay that, they're fine with that. So that's one. The other one is the reputation they come in. Melissa touched on this. They're coming in. They're the two legends. They're the two people that were on the last All-Star season. So you can also see it as they've already been All-Stars. This is our chance kind of thing. We don't want them to eclipse us. That's one. The other thing is their last time they were in a house together, they dominated the early go-around. They, the first two, three weeks was all them, all their team. So even though logistically you look at that and you're like, Hey, these are two people that have had good control over the house before they've been, they've proven to be good competitors, worthy competitors. I should work with them. What they fail to see is that aspect. What they see is they cost these three people to leave early or they cost these three people a spot. So now they're scared, but what they're not realizing is if I look at it from a perspective of as their allies, I'm protected. That's a good thing. But the whole scared thing will, that's why this next HOH, is very important to the makeup of the house, very important to the makeup of the narrative because should a Kaser or a Janelle win, yes, we're talking about they might botch the nominations, but that's the only way where some of these people will have to commit on what they're doing and will have to turn on their conversations with them and not kind of do this shaky, oh, I'm just talking to them and then I'm walking away and just selling it out and doing whatever I want. It's a very unfortunate place for the two of them to be in. This is why I was worried when they both were put in this cast. I was like, this is something that's going to alienate them from people, and it surely has. So what we can hope for is that they don't just get a chance to pick the both of them off right away, and we get to see them do something, because my God, if I'm rooting for underdogs every season, this is like the best underdog team to root for, and I do not want to say goodbye to them before September starts. Mm-mm. Yeah, all right. All right. Are you guys ready for the stock watch? Can we start oh, to yeah. rate these players? Yes. I am ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's already ready All right. for this one. All right. So here is the chart. If you're watching, 
you're watching the video. Uh, we've got the chart up here. So, uh, so we have Puya here. Um, I, Puya uh, is going to comment uh, as as the audience. He's going to comment on the audience rating uh, and let us know how much he agrees or disagrees by giving his own uh, opinion uh, in contrast with the audience rating. Um, and so, uh, and then Puya, I want you to interpret uh, what the audience means. <laughs> okay. I'll play the role of audience. So whatever they rate, I will be passionate and I will sell you that I rated them that way. Yes. And then agree, disagree. Out. I got you. Okay. Um, I like the, it. Truly the face of the audience. Um, all right. It's a good one. It's a good face. It's a good beard. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. No. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and get into this. So what we do here is every single week we look at all of the players and we give them a rating from one to 10 based on how well they're playing the game, how well they're positioned, how likely they are to win. It's a complicated formula that we, uh, uh, you know, use to, to judge the, their gameplay every single week. Um, and uh, basically one is terrible player, bottom tier, uh, zero chance to win the game, does a terrible job this week. Ten is, this is Dan Giesling uh, on any season that he played, except for maybe week one of season ten. Um, and uh, and he's doing his thing, and he's like, uh, he's he's got this, right? Um, and five is just like, eh, average. Doing fine. Whatever. Um, so that's how we rate them. We then take the ratings and we formulate them. I poll the audience on the ratings for the players. You guys give your opinion on how well these players are doing. We calculate it all into one average rating and then we use that to determine uh, a price that will be used in the Stockwatch game. Um, so if you're interested in playing this, you can go to Reality Stockwatch. Dot com, um, and I can quickly run back over here and give you a little uh, example of what this looks like if you're watching the video at home. This is realitystockwatch.com. Um, this is the leaderboard. This is currently showing the end of Big Brother Canada 8, um, where uh, we unfortunately had to cut it short a little bit. But if you go to this site and you create an account or you log in, um, then you will be able to buy and sell shares of a player each week and uh, and try to make a profit based on how well you think they're doing. Um, so you uh, you can look at things like the projections of like where you think they're going to be um, based on uh, based on new potential ratings and stuff like that. So uh, it's very cool. Um, yes. uh, a ma ma major props to uh, to Timothy, who uh, was the uh, the developer that really helped uh, make this happen um, and continues to work on improving it. Um, we've got uh, now little badges, as you can see here, um, for different uh, seasons, depending on like if you made the top five or top ten or you won the season or something, um, then you get a little badge to signify Yay, that you cool. are good yeah. at it. We're still working on it, but uh, we're, uh, we're trying way. to include uh, things as we go. Somebody on Twitter asked me, can you explain like what what what's happening here? OK, so just to explain, like, number one, this is totally free. Like there's no like, yes. we show money. OK, you're, we're talking about making money or losing money or buying stocks and whatnot. There, It's literally free. OK, it, it, you're getting play RHAP money when you create an account or have an account. I think you can log in through Facebook or Twitter or whatever you want on, on the site. Uh, and it when you create a new account or start the season with your old account, it will give you 
$200 at the start of the season. It's fake money, but you can use that $200 to then buy uh, shares in house guests along the way after we rate the players. The, the market's always open. It always opens after our roundtable on Tuesday night and it closes on Thursday afternoon right before uh, the Big Brother show. There's usually... I think the, the rules are all on the site about when it exactly closes. Uh, and then, you know, it's just uh, like uh, play money and we see what happens. And then the next week, based on what happens on Thursday... Uh, we give new ratings and, you know, your house guests can go up or down. And we also suffer the consequences of that. Like I only, I, I give out ratings, but I only control one fourth of what happens. And usually I'm not voted by anybody else. So you know, it never really matters <laughs> anyway. So, uh, we, we, we're just trying our best and, uh, usually Taryn does pretty good with this. Mm, yes. Uh, yes. so yes, uh, it's, it's play money. You don't win anything other than pride and, pride, uh, and yes. now these little badges that, uh, Louie, um, from the, uh, the, uh, robot army discord, um, and I'm sure many other things, uh, helped design these badges. This, uh, one is for big brother 21 and it's a little watermelon. Um, to uh, signify <laughs> so that funny. you were a uh, you were good at Big Brother 21. Um, so, like I said, that's still that's still in development here. But um, uh, Lou did a great job with those. Uh, came up with the concept of like uh, little like symbolic things for the winner of each season. Um, so that's what we have for the Stockwatch site. Um, but let's get in back to the player ratings uh so we'll get this kicked off we'll get this started you can sign up and start playing anytime throughout the season it's it behooves you to start uh at the start of the season because um then you're going to uh you know not miss out on um you know potential profits so that'll be good for you um and so let's go ahead let's start rating the players we're starting here with bailey bailey um we're going in alphabetical order here which i think is uh fine um i like it uh so let's start with bailey um all right puya let's start off let's start right off with the audience rating for bailey um what do we do the audience gave bailey a seven out of ten puya explain this yeah we thought this was an apt choice i feel like we looked at it and we're like bailey no one is no one's got Bailey's name on their tongue, really. But everyone is talking with Bailey. We're all communicating. She's got all these. She's got she's in a lot of situations where people are considering her. People want to work with her. She's got herself in this. Uh, she's got herself in this situation where she's in the uh, in this little alliance with with the um, Cody, Enzo and Davon. But then also kind of like is talking to Janelle, has good bonds with Janelle, has decent bonds with Kaser. A very, very good social player. Someone who is, if I'm looking at it, more often than not, because one of the things in the early goings too is how many HOH, how many people becoming HOH are you going to be in trouble? Mm -hmm. And I can't think of anyone really that Bailey's going to be in trouble. That's a good spot to start, good spot to be in, involved with some connections. That's good as well. A seven is well deserved. And uh, yeah, we thought we thought this was a good place to start as the audience. We this was an apt decision by us. Puya, what? How uh, are, do you agree with the audience? Um, th- me and the audience were on the same page. I knew coming in when I did my ratings before I realized that me and the audience are going to merge into one. I was like, "There's one person that has to be above the rest," and it was Bailey. I get I would have given Bailey an eight, and I did when I submitted my scores as an audience member. I, I threw down an eight 
And I was like, I have to do at least one that's above everyone else. And I just looked at it as Bailey has no blood, no problem, just connection, just social, but also is part of some foundational stuff that no matter how the house goes next week, should be able to fortify some stuff and be in a better position anyway. All right. Uh, I feel uh, pretty, pretty similarly, actually. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, some slight spoilers for future ratings. I'm very impressed with a lot of the gameplay in the house oh, so yeah. far. Um, I don't think it's a surprise. These are all stars. They were good players on their original seasons. I think a lot of them are playing even better than they played the first time. Um, I'm very impressed with what I've seen from Bailey. I think she's one of the top spots in the house right now, socially, strategically. She's included in the power group um she has a lot of connections she has a lot of um secret weapons as well like the relationship she has with tyler uh so i feel very good about bailey the thing in the back of my mind is i remember big brother 20 i remember feeling really good about her then and i remember her getting power and it and it all going uh you know (laughs) down the drain um and that worries me um but right now i feel really good about her um and i i gave her an eight uh there on the stock watch melissa what do you think yeah i totally agree with both the the audience and Puya and Taryn. Um, I think Bailey's in a really good spot. I'm very impressed with her. Um, I gave her eight, an eight as well. Um, I honestly, I think out of everybody playing right now, I'm most impressed with Bailey. And I think it's harsh. I mean, it's, it's hard because, you know, like you said, big brother 20, like I was very impressed with her as well. And it, kind of all fell off so we kind of just have to hope she doesn't get power i guess or at least maybe now like hopefully she'll know how to use it better i don't know um but yeah i have been very impressed with her i think that she's kept all of her she's done a good job of like being social with everybody and also keeping her options open but also you know making inroads with certain groups and certain people um so it's not just like yeah i'm not going to give any information i don't know i'm i'm just kind of here being social like she's actually like making good inroads with people, but isn't fully committing herself one way or the other. I mean, it's the first week. I don't think you need to commit yourself one way or the other. As long as you make some good bonds and put yourself in a good position as for the next week, like I think you're okay. So I'm, I'm honestly very impressed with her. Yeah, I'm really impressed with her as well. I was, uh, Taryn stole my line because I remember Big Brother 20 really well and how much we, we, we bought into the, the Bailey buzz. We were so excited and we're like, wow, she is like so covered on every side. Look at how well this girl is doing. She knows what's going on. She's never, she, never, she didn't know the game when she came in, but she has got it. And then she won HOH and then it all went down the tubes, man. And it went down the tubes fast like i've never seen somebody lose power that fast it it it, it, it had been a while so uh, i gave her a seven i wanted to give her an eight but i am i'm holding back just a little bit basically i just want to i want to see one more week want to see one more week of her doing well in the big brother house to give her an eight uh and uh I'd be happy to do it because uh, Bailey's on my draft team. Not that anybody cares about that, but I am. Look, I'm a big fan of Bailey. I think a lot of people didn't like Bailey coming on this season. I love Bailey. I think she's a fantastic addition to the season. She's got so many cards she can play. She has ways she can can connect with people. I love just watching her like talking with like Janelle and being mm-hmm. like a girl's girl and just like shooting the shit about like whatever the hell. Like it's just it's really cool to see her just connect with people in such a genuine heartfelt way and uh Mm -hmm. you know it like 
personality wise and rootability, I give her a 10. But as far as the stock watch, I give her a seven. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Christmas. And so Bailey will end with an average of eight out of 10. Um, Christmas now uh, is up next. And Christmas is in an interesting spot. Um, I think that she is doing pretty much what I expected of her based on her first you know, couple of weeks in the Big Brother uh, 19 house. Um, she does have the social chops to make relationships. Um, she's even like... She's got enough of a strategic mind to not really get herself in trouble and to like be a good ally, which is what Paul saw in her. Um, and she's in an okay spot here. She's got an, uh, a, a good connection with Tyler. She's in this Memphis crew. Um, she's building a relationship with people like Cody. Um, she's, uh, she's got a relationship with even like Franzel. She's got one with Bailey. Um, and a lot of people want to keep her around because they think she's going to be a good ally for them that she's going to win competitions she's going to be uh you know doing doing the stuff uh for me the main problem i have with christmas is that at some point she needs to be able to win the respect of the people around her uh as a game player and i don't know if she has that yet and based on how she's operated so far she still seems like a follower to me and i don't know if that's going to be respected in the end but it's a long way away to a jury vote to be uh docking her too many points for that I also, though, don't feel super comfortable with her, uh, like, keeping it cool factor. Um, and so uh, I have her right now at a six. Brent, what do you think? Oh, I went I went further than that. I, I have her at a four. I, I'm not buying this for one second. I really I'm really not. I, I can't believe there's so many people who like I saw some of the, the numbers flying past on the chat when they were talking about Christmas. And I saw like sevens and sixes. And I'm like, y'all are crazy like this girl is gonna go off her chain i'm just waiting for it there is like if you saw her on big brother 19 she has a temper and she's gonna let somebody have it someone's gonna irritate the living you know what out of her at some point she's gonna let them have it also i agree with what taryn said about having uh no real uh, respect i guess is the word in the game like i don't know that's exactly how he would frame it but she doesn't really control things she just She's a good soldier, but she's a terrible general. And in fact, I don't even think she has any interest in being a general. And that's sort of the worst part of it all. So uh, I'm going to have to see more from her until I give her a better score. But right now it's a four. Mm. Uh, Puya, the audience was feeling a five on Christmas. Uh, are you are you on board with that? I also went Mambo. That's right. I went with five as well. Um, I think that for me, the one thing that set her apart because I kind of under, uh, agree with Brent. I, I think the biggest oof for me is that her best and closest allegiance right now is seemingly what she wants her ideal is, hey, me, Tyler, and Bailey. I'm like, well, that's a oof for you that you like, you know, you should know better. But also she has impressed me in the fact that I, you know, looking at her coming in, gave her like near zero equity. And she's definitely got the social for now. That's good. We like that. No one's talking about her at all. Of the people that are disconnected, she has at least some loose connection. She is not even one of the disconnected at this moment. So I would say that this is on par because also ultimately you look at it. Is anyone going to come after Christmas next week? Most likely not. So that's fine. We'll see you next week where you either go up or down for now. You're just bang average to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's what I was going to say as well. I think she's, I think she's a five, but I, I also kind, I was leaning towards six, but at the same time, it's like I haven't really seen enough yet to indicate that it's like 
on the upward trend. Um, it does seem like people, some people want to work with her. I have noticed that some people are saying like, oh, she might snap or like we have to be careful of her. We can't get on her bad side. So like, I don't know if people are really thinking like, this is the ally I want to have if they're kind of concerned about that already. Um, so I'm a little worried about her ability to like really like have any sort of close allies besides just like, okay, we're taking her on as a number and as like someone who will win competitions for us for now. And then we're going to cut her. Um, but you know, I have been impressed with her socially. I think she's done a good job of like bonding with people and talking with people. And you know, the people seem to get along with her and like her. And I feel like that's super important for the first couple of weeks. Um, but I'm not really seeing like where she plans to go from here. I haven't even really seen any indication of her like talking about that really like kind of just like, okay, Memphis, like, cool. You've brought this idea to me, but it doesn't seem like she's really coming up with anything on her own. So that's why for now I'm just at a five. All right. So Christmas is going to land there at a five overall. Um, Let's move on to Cody. Um, And uh, like, like I said, I am uh, very impressed with the gameplay so far. Um, I am very impressed with what Cody has done and what he has set up here. Now, of course, keep in mind, this is the first week. But for me, I gave Tyler a nine in the first week of Big Brother 20. Um, I've got to give Cody a nine in the first week of Big Brother 22. Wow. Um, I think huh. that, again, yes, it's the first week. A lot of things could go wrong. But if I look at a first week game, um, is there a lot better that he could have done? Like, is there a lot of room for like what he could have done better here? I think that there are missed opportunities that he had. I think that um, like, you know, certainly not a Dan Giesling, but Dan Giesling didn't have a first week this good, um, probably in either of his seasons. Um, I'm very impressed with the structure that he set up here. I'm trying to find like who's had a better first week in Big Brother and Honestly, I don't know if there's a lot of other people that have. And I think that when you look at, uh, you know, how well he's set up, I'm pretty impressed with it. So that's where I'm at, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. The chat called it. My eyes rolled back pretty far to my head when you said nine. Like, uh, I am not that high on Cody. Uh, I still think that. Like, here's the thing I, I, with my ratings, I'm always uh, I'm giving them a rating, but I'm always cautious about looking forward into, you know, what they're here now, but given their current state of game, what do I think is possible for them? Okay. Uh, you cannot tell me that at some point the house guests are going to come for this guy because of what he put on the board. 22 flipping seconds is like mind blowing. At some point they're going to come for him. I do not think he did himself any good by winning HOH during the first week. I think he's a likable genial presence. I don't think he had to win HOH during the first week. I don't think anybody would have come for him. Also, there's a few missed opportunities on the board. Like why are they, why is he putting up Kevin who like, I think really would have worked with Cody and he may yet he may yet get away with nominating Kevin and still keeping him as an ally, but I still think it was a mistake to put him on the block in the first place. Uh, it was almost like an HOH without a plan. Like he won HOH and then he didn't know what to do with it. And yes, there are some semblance of alliances that have formed, but there, there's nothing really set. And also some of the people in those alliances, like Tyler, he doesn't really trust all that much. So I don't think it's a nine and I didn't give him an eight. I gave him a seven. Okay. Uh, Melissa, what do you think? Um, I gave him an eight. Uh, I thought that he did a really good job his first week. I thought that he was 
I, I keep saying this, but to me, like the first week, it's so important, the social connections you make. Um, so I thought he did really well socially. Like, obviously that's not going to be enough as we move forward. But this first week, I feel like it's huge. Um, get people to like you, get people to want to work with you, try and show, especially for all stars that like any sort of preseason connections are not a big deal for you or not relevant or not like, you know, or not even something to be worried about, especially with like him and Nicole, like it's like, Hey, you guys run a season together. Like what's the deal there? And he's, I think, even though they are super close, I think he's done a good job of distancing himself from her. Um, or, or at least during the conversations he has with people and the fact that he already has a bunch of people wanting to work with him. And it seems like everybody in all their discussions of alliances are like, yeah, and we can bring in Cody and let's talk to Cody and you know, all that. And that's exactly where you want to be in the beginning. Um, I think that, yeah, it's a negative that he hasn't necessarily like totally solidified like what his alliance is and like who he's going to be with. But I also think that at the same time, it's good to kind of keep his options open, especially because like we don't know who's going to win the next HOH. And it does seem to me that... And the reason why I'm not giving him higher than an eight, even though I do think he set himself up really well, is that like I don't think he's totally in the clear depending on who wins HOH. Like I think that there are some people who actually would target him and some people who are definitely like Brent said, like seeing him as a target due to his really good performance in the, in the competition. So I don't think he's like fully set himself up for like, wow, there's nothing, nothing to worry about moving forward. But I do think he did a really, really great job. And that's why an eight is what I think. Yeah. I agree. Just to jump in really quickly. I agree with that. Uh, I see Cassie in the chat saying that Cody is safe for a while, but I don't agree with that. I think there is a non-zero chance that he actually leaves the house during week two. I really do. Now it would take a large chain of events for it to happen, but I could see a few house guests once the veto is won by someone and there's two, you know, nothing players like, you know, David and Christmas or David and Nicole Franzel up on the block, uh, putting Cody up and getting him out of the house and everybody agreeing on it. Like I could see that happening. I mean, I, I think, I honestly think anybody could go in week two. I don't think there's a single person in that house that is a hundred percent safe from going home in week two. I think there is so much that is still to, you know, be solidified and re-solidify and de-solidify. Um, and so uh, I think that there's a lot still up in the air. Um, and I'm really looking at this as like a, a singular week. Like, yes, anything can happen next week. But in terms of like, what could I have asked Cody to do this week? I have a hard time finding like... Yes, it's not a 10, but like how much more really realistically could he have done? Puya, what do you think? What do I think or what does what do the you audience think? think? Then we'll give the audience this time. <laughs> okay. So I've, I personally, I went with a seven. I think for me, ultimately, the fact that Cody is in a position where he's, because we did, Taryn, when we got on Friday, we talked, we dogged him for the way he was playing. We're like, he's not doing enough. He's being very cagey. He's not bringing people in. He just, he thinks people should come to him and that's not happening and he should be putting in work. He did. I'll grant you that. He did. He put him where he look at him. He's in this, he's in this double onion alliance. He's in all of them with Enzo. He's like, he's one of a few people that is included in every single iteration. That's good for him. Um, he does have some decent reads. I'll give him that. I think for me where he lost points was the fact that his thing with Frantic Franzel is not as sneaky as he thinks it is. People are going to catch on to it, have been mm -hmm. catching on to it. The, every conversation that he's having that he thinks is being very covert, very quiet, 
we're not, that's not as quiet as he thinks. I think there's some slipperiness there. I do want to say though, I acknowledge what you're saying in that he did turn it around. He did put in the work. He has gotten this conversation. He has got his deals in. He's very well situated. Obviously there are people that could put him up. There are situations where the wrong people get the safety suite, the wrong people get HOH, the wrong person wins veto. He could end up there. It's certainly possible. Um, but I think a seven is appropriate only because, and for me, ultimately, it's just the factor of, are you going to be on the radar more so than other people, but you're well-situated? Yes and yes. So just being on the radar even bumps him down to a seven. For yeah, I, I think that he's well-situated. I don't think that he's necessarily well-insulated. And that's mm. where I'm having a bit more trouble with this game. Uh, Puya, would it surprise you to hear that the audience is even lower on Cody than you and Brent? The audience gave him a six. Oh my. Okay. Okay. We, okay. Mm. You know what? I'm going to take the seven. You can't see it. You see it. (laughs) I'm with the audience now. We're saying six. The magic tricks now. Oh yeah. I brought cards. I brought Uno cards to represent. (laughs) I just Um, like every single season we see these alliances set up and we say, what a dumb cast this is to allow this thing to happen. And what Cody is doing right now is he is pulling the wool over the eyes of a bunch of all-stars. And I'm pretty impressed by it. I'm pretty impressed with all of the people in this power group because I think they're all pretty well situated. Um, So you'll be seeing high ratings from me for a lot of them. (laughs) Let me warn you. Uh, uh, and, and just in general, I think the average gameplay in this season is at least like three points higher than any other season. So like on, you know, in in Big Brother 21, the person in, in this position might get a six or a seven. But on all stars with these players playing on at this level, like uh, I, I that's going to give them a boost. So um, that's what it is. Cody is going to end up with an average of eight overall. Let's move on to Danny talk about Danny. Melissa, how do you feel about Danny? I feel really good about Danny. I think she's really impressive in her social ability. I think that, I mean, I looked, I watched a few, uh, I watched a few conversations with her specifically to pick out the way she has a conversation. And just cause I was like, I don't, I feel like I'm noticing patterns, but I want to make sure. And it seems to me that like a lot of her conversations with people, um, where she, she she has this really good ability of making it seem like she's having a really real conversation with you, but not giving you any actual information um, and not actually say like agreeing with you, but making it seem like she's agreeing with you. Because a lot of the time someone will say something like, David's really, David's really cagey. I don't know how to feel about him. She'll repeat back as a question what the person just said, like David's, David's really cagey. And then they go, yeah. And then she goes, hmm, yeah. And she's and she just she's just like like hmm. And then they and then they she'll just say like back to them what they're saying, but kind not exactly agreeing with them on it, being like, yeah, I don't really know where anybody's heads at right now. And it's a lot of like, it's a it's lot a of like salad. Yeah, yeah, it's like body language that makes it seem like she's agreeing with you, and like the way her facial expressions are, like and the way she's like nodding, but her not actually giving you any information. Um, it's, it's very impressive. And, um, I, I just think that like, she does a really good job of it. And I, I, I've been very impressed with her. I didn't really, I didn't watch feeds during her seasons. So I didn't know how she behaves outside of like the show edit. So at first I was kind of surprised. Cause I was like, really, I didn't like get this sort of vibe from her, like from her previous seasons. But the more I watch it, the more I'm impressed with it. I think she set herself up really well. 
I think that um, this friendship between her and Nicole is good for her because I mean, yeah, Nicole's not a super great ally to have just because she's always paranoid and she needs to be constantly reassured, but like, you don't want to be on her bad side. So, um, because she's like willing to betray anybody. So I think that it's good for her to be paired up with her. And also the fact that everybody seems to want to work with Danny and the new people consider her part of their crew and the old people consider her part of their crew. So I'm very impressed with her. Um, so I got to give her an eight. There you go. Puya, the audience was the highest on Danny of anybody. Um, Danny nearly making an eight from the audience, but still landing at a seven. Do you agree? So I also, as an audience member, came in with a seven in mind um, and had seven written down and submitted a seven. Through this conversation with Melissa, I'm more so leaning on eight, but I'll take a seven. That I, one that one change could have put her up in an eight. It was very close, Puya. <laughs> don't put Thanks, it on me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bury me. Um, no, I think, honestly, I think seven works because here's the thing. Um, Danny is well liked well situated amongst the people you know we're looking at the uh we're looking at the relationship with frantic friends oh that's the thing that exists they have this thing going on with um enzo and cody so that's the thing that they're working on we're talking about that being probably the best of the best um alliances that are formed like the strongest ones potentially that's good she's got a thing with janelle um but she also doesn't really trust janelle that much but is go- doing a good job of masking that at least to janelle that's nice um to some degree. And then it's also got good relationships with the conversation with Dave. I'm like, she's, she's a great social player for me. I do enjoy watching her play. I like that. She's able to convince people of the nonsense that she's selling them and then buying it. I like all of that. Um, but ultimately I think similarly to what Brent said about Bailey, I need another week. I need one more week to see Danny keep this up and to see what everyone really thinks about her. Because I'm a little scared with Danny. I'm a little scared that they're going to wake up and be like, uh, 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 no, uh, Danny, we, we've been seeing what Danny's doing. So I'll, I'll give it another week and I'll, I'd sing the praises. I'll, I'll give it eight, you know, but for now, I'm, I'm, as the audience, we, as the audience, the collective, the thousands of us that rated, we said seven, not just me, all of us. All right, Brent. <laughs> I'm also just really quick, just the chat as also giving me some, um, good, reminders of the various ways that she gets like information with from people and doesn't share anything. A lot of the times she'll use this phrase. That's like, nobody's talking game to me. Nobody's saying I'm not hearing anything. Nobody's saying anything to me, even though she's getting so much information and everyone's talking to her. She says that all the time. And then also when she'll sometimes say something I noticed, and then she'll just say something that's not totally relevant to the conversation, but makes you feel like she's telling you something important. She'll be like, Something that's like just a story that's not even relevant to like the game, but something that makes it seem like she's only telling you and that you are getting some information from her, but you're not actually getting anything. And I, I or that she agrees with you. Like uh, Janelle will tell her something about uh, like, you know, Cody and Tyler possibly working together. And then Danny will say, you know, what's funny is that I saw uh, David talking with Tyler, which has no relevance to what right. Janelle was saying, but it makes it seem like she's agreeing with what Janelle said, right. even though she didn't agree with what Janelle said. Or she'll saying. give like observations on what the person just said. So it's like, I think, like you said, like, okay, I think uh, Cody and Tyler are working together. She'll be like, you know, I did see Cody and Tyler like cooking together earlier and they were in there by themselves. That's strange. Like, yeah. which is like literally like, 
if there's anyone asked her, it's like, yeah, they were in there. And I, all I said was I saw you guys together. I didn't say anything else. And it's like, but that makes it seem like she's totally on board with that. The idea that they're working together. Like it's very skillful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Danny, I gave her a seven. Uh, so the thing with Danny is it's the same thing with Bailey where I like, I've seen her play before Danny. I've seen her play twice before. And Danny is somebody who can be really impulsive when she gets irritated with somebody. And I feel like that there is a non-zero chance that she could become irritated with somebody really quickly in the big brother house. Now things are really quiet in the all-star house, but when like, I have to believe they're going to, they're going to become not quiet relatively soon. And if, Danny has any power in the game. I do feel like she could shoot herself in the foot. Like right now in my eyes, she has no business winning HOH because everybody really enjoys Danny. I don't think anybody's talking about Danny. No one wants to get rid of Danny. And I certainly believe that, you know, she could win if she got to the end of the game. But I still think that she's not had great game instincts in the past. And given that I want to see more from her. So I give her a seven. All right. Uh, I gave Danny a nine as well. Uh, very impressed with what she's doing so Karen. far. Oh my God. You're like the United States judge with United States figure skaters. You're just handing them out left and right. Look, oh look, God, you're being so generous. <laughs> for, so for happy ref- the show's back. Game. For reference <laughs> here, for reference here, the first week of Big Brother 21, um, Bella got a five. <laughs> yeah. Tommy had an eight from the, this is from the audience. Tommy had an eight. Um, like, right? Like, uh, if we're judging on that scale, Cody and Danny are nines, right? Like, come on. You have nowhere uh, to see, go from here, like, Darren. This is a curve. Like, see, I mean, maybe that's just the way I, I know, do that's, things. That's like, the way I do it Yeah, as well. like, this is, like the, like, the current house. Like, what would a 10 be in this house? Not, like, a 10 overall. Like, the 10, no, a but 10 see, in that's this not, house. That's not how I'm rating. I, okay, I want, because, right. like, for me, like, I want, like, I think the gameplay is really on a higher level this season. And I think the average rating of a player should be higher this season than in previous ones because the level of gameplay is on that level. Um, <laughs> I do agree. Um, you with get that. a nine. You get a nine. <laughs> I do agree with the idea of like it overall being higher. Like, I mean, at this point, I, I don't really think that anybody's playing at like a level two or a level three or anything like that. Like, I, I do think everybody's like elevated. Brent, I see your face. <laughs> I know you plan on uh, pulling up your one uh, paddle at some point, but uh, no, like, I mean, I, I do agree that like previous seasons and even like in big brother Canada and stuff, I just remember where it was like, everybody was so low except for like two people. That is not the case here. Um, my concern with rating everybody a nine is that like, then what, <laughs> you know, well, if but, everybody's but at a then, nine. Uh, Cause again, for not, for me, it's not then what, because it's, it's week one. They, they can't go back to week one and play a better week one game in the future. Right. Uh, like week two, will have a slightly different scale than week one um, because it's now week two and they have to play a slightly different game. Um, so really? I, I look at it as like a snapshot of where they are right now. Um, and, uh, and we're going to see, you know, where they go moving forward. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's going to leave Danny at an eight overall. Uh, and let's move on to David. Brent, 
How do you feel about David? Wow, I did not give him a very good score at all. I gave him a three. I gave him a three in the Big Brother All-Star House. I just feel like here's the thing. He doesn't have any agency in the house. He doesn't have any respect in the house. He doesn't have any power in the house. I also feel like he's a really bad liar. He's trying to act like, and he fooled me, I'll say this. So like, I guess he's not that bad. But see, like, I saw him one time, but then he went on. He asked other people the same thing. And then he asked other people different things about, like, the way the Big Brother game works. Like, how does the veto work? How do the nominations work? What happens when you vote? Like, what, like, things, different things about the Big Brother game that anybody who sh- should have been invited back onto All Stars and had two weeks in sequester to watch whatever should know by now. And I feel like the people are on to him that he's not this dumb, that he's playing it up. And because of that, he comes off looking shady, which is terrible. Also, he doesn't have the respect. Like, even, even Taryn even noted on a previous podcast that even if he was able to get to the end of the game and say, ha, I was lying back then when I told you guys that I didn't know what the veto was. Like, no one would care. No one would believe him. It's a terrible uh, trio of things that are happening with David right now. And I could see... The thing is, too, nobody really cares about him. I don't even feel like he's that interesting. Like, can I just go on? I want to go in on him just for a second because he's really freaking boring. And there are boring people in the Big Brother house, but my God, he really takes the cake. Like, I've never seen somebody who just doesn't have the ability to just have a normal conversation with somebody like you and I are having right now. Like, Taryn, you totally nailed it about when, like, he was asked about, like, well, so, David, what do you want for breakfast today? Like, so the thing about breakfast is, like, I don't know. I think about it deeply. Like, just, like, just give us a straight answer. It's okay. Just connect with people. He's just really frustrating and, uh, like, he's not even that good of a player. Like, if he was a good player and he was, like, terrible to watch and he was boring at least i could give him that but he's not a good player and he's boring how, like how did they invite this guy back like i understand why they invited him back from a let's give somebody a chance who was totally robbed but there were other people in the history of big brother who have also been robbed like jody or cameron who would have been so much better in the house than david look if he can turn it around, God bless him. For right now, it's a three. Sorry, that was long-winded. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's David's. David's an interesting one to me. I think that his position is not terrible. I love his connection to Tyler. I love that he is included in the Bailey and Devon alliance. Um, I love that he kind of is on the good side of the power crew. However, there was a conversation that Cody had with Christmas earlier today and last night as well. He mentioned, or no, sorry, he had it, he had it with Danny. Um, last night he mentioned that uh, that he wanted to put David on the block, that David should be put on the block, and that is really what kills the score for me, um, that uh, you know, if you are going to be in this good position, but nobody really respects you, you're kind of a pawn in the game. Um, you need to not be actually used as a pawn in the game because that right? can send you home. That can put you in danger where you should be an easy glide to the finish. Um, and I should be talking about how pencil David in for the final two, final three, because, it, you know, 
the real trouble is he needs to be able to garner respect to win the game. But what I have to talk about is he might be used as a pawn next week. He might be used as a pawn throughout the game. And at some point he might get clipped here or there. He has a long road ahead of him, um, but he's not in a terrible position. He's not screwing himself up like a lot of people do in early weeks of the season. So for me, it's a four for David. So before Puya and Melissa give their ratings, I just want to ask Puya and Melissa. So I think that the uh, encapsulation of David's game was shown. Did you guys see that like on Kayser's birthday, David totally fell on his freaking ass and no one noticed. They no one noticed anything. He fell upon his ass in the kitchen and no one said a word. To be fair, Uh, they did see Kevin fall. Um, but nobody saw yeah. David fall. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Poor David. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> um The audience um, is looking at David and they actually agree with me on this one. They feel like David is a four. What are your thoughts on that? They agree with us then, because I also had David as a, at a four. I think ultimately for me, he was starting to look like a five because here's the thing. Brent, I agree with the things you're saying, but also... He's literally had nowhere to go but up, right? So, for, and like, we're, if we're looking at it like as a locked up one week thing, I do like the Tyler connection. Obviously, t- we're, we'll get to Tyler, but um, that's a good connection to have. Having the Bailey Dave on thing, that's a good thing to have. But ultimately, when someone that you're working with is even looking at considering putting you up as a pawn, that's not great. When people don't know your name, that's not great. Playing stupid is great. If people didn't already think you don't know anything coming in, if they don't know your name, because you can play stupid and be like, I hoodwinked all of you. But then it's a hard time convincing someone that, hey, I was playing stupid when they already think you're at that level. So that's a hard thing to turn around. Obviously, I think that David, more than anybody, is somebody who could benefit from winning some power and doing something with it. That could immediately. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Shove some agency into the boy right away. Give him something. That can be interesting. Um, I, uh, while we were doing this, he's been having a nice conversation with Kaser. I don't know exactly what the, what the happenings there are, but you love to see it. I love that interaction. Um, ultimately, this is the appropriate place to put him because honestly, he's still like he could go anywhere. There is enough room for him to bottle out and fall to the floor even more. But there's also enough room that he can do something like that's the thing is that we're comparing this stuff. He does two nice things. He could bump up to a five because. Ultimately, unless he gets pawned next week, I think he might be good enough to like stay in the same level or go up one. So four is the appropriate score. I'm glad the audience made this easy for me to explain, because if if the audience went full six over here, I don't know how I would have tried to do that. So I'm happy with what we got. Yeah, what I would like to see from David is uh, almost the opposite of what he's doing, where what he's doing is and, and there was an interesting moment earlier today in the have not room where he was talking to Nicole, Anthony and Ian um, and they like he was animated and he was uh like having fun joking around with him laughing with him like he's usually very serious um but he was like having a good time with them and then uh oh sorry it wasn't ian it was kevin kevin was in there um and so he's he's joking around with kevin and nicole and kevin kevin kind of just goes like you know i'm just like i'm really feeling it in this moment like i just want to say guys like i would really love to work with you like uh, i really feel good about you guys i feel like i go off of vibes and i'm just feeling great vibe and just david just immediately shut down um it's immediately oh okay yeah 
totally totally agree and like you could see nicole like trying to like get the energy like oh yes i'm totally like oh yeah um and uh and and david was just like totally totally with you i'm just you know thinking about how the thing about the have not room is that people come into the have not i'm worried i'm wondering about like who's going to come into the have not room next and like are they going to bond like this uh in this way that we have bonded um and i was like what happened um and so like that's kind of how like david talks game like it's it, there's a big contrast too when he talks game with Tyler and when whenever Tyler is like in a room with somebody and they give him that like final two pitch Tyler's like yeah man like yeah let's do this and when he's in with, there with David he's like yeah David like let's go let's do this and, and David's like yeah okay mm-hmm. okay um and I I want him to be the opposite I want him to be wide eyed enthusiastic and w- like wanting to learn put like put me under your wing teach me the ways of big brother please i i want to learn i want to work with somebody i want to be pulled in i'm so excited to be here um that's that's how i want david to be because even because that's that's where like that's the ian spot of like they might not respect you now but if you do get to the end that enthusiasm that desire to be here will be like oh but like man like what a story like uh, he didn't know yeah. what he was doing but he was so excited to be here he was so enthusiastic about playing um right now he has none of that none no. of it none of it yeah i i mean i'm to- i've been totally disappointed in david so far like you know that i was very much looking forward to david coming back and that was one like the few people who was like give this guy another chance he's got this uh i'm upset honestly because i feel like he, I thought like, okay, I get that the first time he went in, he wasn't a fan of the show. He didn't know the show at all, but he had a really good read on the house and was like good at the game um, or seemingly good at the game, just like from a natural level. And like, you know, all you have to do is like hone that skill by like learning about the game and understanding like what's the next step and all that sort of stuff. And I thought that him being asked for all stars would be like, okay, kicking in the high gear. I'm going to study everything. I'm going to watch the seasons. I'm going to know everything that's going on. Like I'm going to be fully prepared going in. And maybe he did do that, but I don't see it. And I'm not hearing about it. And I, you know, asked his Twitter account, whoever's running it. I asked like, has he done any prep, you know, for this going into the season? Cause it doesn't seem like it. And I didn't really get an answer that I know I got like a joke answer, but it's like, I also didn't get an answer that was like an actual like, yes, no, he actually did a lot of prep, which is what I was looking for. It, I don't think he did. And it's also not coming through at all in his gameplay. I mean, he doesn't know any of the people who he's playing with. And he doesn't know, like, what to do or how to interact with people in regards to the game. And he's not setting himself up in a good position. And I just feel like, you know, and I agree with what Taryn said about, like, the way that he is approaching, like, his game talk is not the way that it should be. I mean, that's why people want to work with Tyler. That's why they like Tyler because Tyler makes every conversation he has with someone feel like it's like so important to him and that it's so real and that he's so excited about it. And David doesn't really get that. And I think that if I was in a conversation with David and he was like, just like, yeah, yeah, we should work together. I'd be like, okay, this guy doesn't want to work with me at all. I'm going to go, I'm going to go work with somebody else. So, you know, I'm not super impressed with him so far. Um, 
But I do think that there are some people who are interested in working with him and that like he has potential. I don't really necessarily see him as being like a huge target. I think people, like you said, might use him as a pawn, but which is dangerous in and of itself. But I don't think that he's like a target right now. So I'm going to give him a four for now and we'll see. Okay. Let's play a quick game of how did we rate David when he wasn't playing the game versus how do we rate <laughs> like David while he is playing the game? Um, I, when he wasn't playing the game, I gave him a three and he is playing the game. I gave him a four. Um, the audience, when he wasn't playing the game, gave him a five. When he is playing the game, they gave him a four. Um, Brent was spot on. Uh, when he wasn't playing, he gave him a three. And when he is playing, he gave him a three. Uh, Melissa, when he wasn't playing the game, gave him a seven. Um, when he is playing the game she gave him a four well well i can't explain it (laughs) well (laughs) wish i had a good explanation for you but maybe i'm crazy (laughs) we'll see Uh, (laughs) all right let's move on to davon let's talk about davon puya the audience feels like davon is a six how do you feel about that we picked the same. I also went with a six. Uh, for me, Davon was just a a bit shorter from the ones that I gave sevens and eight um, because I think that I'm still I'm I'm worried because Davon, unlike the people that have the connections right now, Davon's the one I worry with because I don't think the connections are that strong. Davon's definitely doing a different bit of a different game this time around. She's definitely trying to emphasize more on her social game, less on the, I'm going to get my reads on. I'm going to like figure out everybody. I'm going to be laser focused. She's definitely let go of the steering wheel a little bit. And I like that. I love that. I enjoy that. I like seeing a new site to Dave on. I like seeing the different gameplay. However, we've talked about it, especially you've talked about it on the updates and such that this game, this caliber of gameplay, this caliber of people you can't be doing that. You, you have to have one hand on the wheel at least. So I feel like it's kind of, she's in a position where her reads are definitely not as strong as they've been before. Her connections are good, but without the correct reads, you're going in circles and you're not going to the destination you need to get to. So that worries me. The reason it's still a six and not high, and but also not low, is because this is not a pro- big problem for someone like Davon. She can easily reboot the computer and have all the reads by next week. And I trust that Davon's the type of player that can do that. And I think her connections are going to keep her safe until she does that. She gets the manual and she figures it out. So that's why for me and for the audience, we've said six and that, that's it's good. It's good. We'll take it. All right. Melissa, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think that the whole like bad reads thing is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy for both her and for Nicole Anthony at this point, because I feel like um, they're known for, or at least like the fans are all like, oh, their reads are amazing. Davon always had a great read of the house. And, and Nicole Anthony was the only one who, to suss everything out. Like she had a good read of the house. And I feel like because of that, now they're going into this being like, I'm going to trust my gut. And what I like, I know that what I'm thinking is what's going on. Like, because I'm really good at reading this. And you've got like literally Nicole Anthony, like t- just like totally off the rails with her reads and then you've got Davon not not at anywhere near the normal level of like Davon reads but I'm concerned that they're going to sit there and be like because I'm so good at reading and I'm known for that like this is what's happening and 
I hope that that's not the case, but I'm a little nervous. I mean, like you said, like it's totally possible that tomorrow she wakes up, she everything's back to normal and she's really good at understanding what's going on and who's working with who and et cetera, et cetera. But at this point, I'm a little worried. Um, however, I do think that she's making good relationships with people. Um, I'm worried that people are already like, oh, Day and Bay, like they're together. Like we we can't work with this person without this person, even though like, you know, maybe they are friends, but I don't really see them necessarily as like a bonded pair, but everyone else seems to think that. And so that makes me worried for her um, because they're going to think like we have to split them up, even though maybe you don't have to split them up. I don't know. Um, so, you know, I, I got to give Day a, a six. Yes. Uh, OK. Uh, I, I like to think of them as Bay Day um or uh i i keep like every time i have to say both of their names at the same time day and bay i often find myself thinking uh daily and bay vaughn um which uh, i think either one is like a pretty cool uh ship name right um but uh there we go i feel i feel good about davon i do um i don't love her reads and there are some things that she's doing that i don't care for um like the way she shuts out uh Kaser, um or the way that uh she has like really misread some situations um i feel like i was hoping that i'd see like an improved version of davon um because i know that she's played uh like a flawed game uh twice before and i was really hoping for like uh like she came, she went on the challenge she really like ironed out those flaws i think she still is an improved player but i don't think that those flaws are fully ironed out um so for me Devon is a seven. I still like where she's at. She's in that power group. Um, she's in, you know, the brigade. She's in one of the brigades and not only is she in one of the brigades, but I honestly think despite the fact that I think the other brigade, the, uh, Cody Enzo, uh, Danny and Franzel one, I think that one is more solid right now, but it has Franzel in it. So I'm kind of expecting that this other one, the Devon and Bailey one, is actually going to be the more successful one in the long run. Um, I really do. I think that uh, like pretty much every member of that other four, Cody and, and Enzo in particular, like look at Franzel like this is a ticking time bomb. <laughs> like This is this is going to explode eventually. And if Bailey and Dave on are a more steady presence, then I could easily see them being the ones that end up in the, the more power position. Not only that, but they do bring more value. Um, you know, yes, Franzel has Ian and Danny is playing really well and brings a lot of value. But Bailey has a connection to Janelle like none other. Um, I know Danny has one, but I, I'd, I'd feel more confident in Bailey's connection. And Dave Vaughn has a connection to the Nicole Anthony's and Kevin's of the world. Um, and that's something that nobody else can bring to the table. And I think that that really is going to um, help the help Bailey and Devon get in with this group. And I do think they can do big things with it if they play their cards right. And the fact that she is working so tightly with Bailey, I think is another great thing because I, I really do 
Again, I'm hoping that we don't run into Bailey's, uh, you know, power issues, but uh, I'm hoping that Bailey can help sort of uh, fill in some of the gaps in Devon's uh, strategy portion of like what she's doing. Um, so I, I feel really good about both of them. I feel a little bit better about Bailey, but I do feel good about uh, Devon. And I think that there's still a lot of potential here uh, for them to succeed in this power group. So seven from me. Brent, what do you think? So this is the question I want to ask Davon. What did Davon think that Cody was going to do during week one before the safety suite happened? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really gotten a clear answer on that. Like she seems to think that Janelle and Case are flipping crazy for playing that thing. That uh, they had no business playing the safety suite. That they were totally fine. Even to this day, no one has told her that they were actually in trouble. She's not getting all the information that she needs. She's in a couple of different alliances, a couple of different groups, but Nicole freaking Franzel or Franzel, if you listen to Derek's Instagram today, uh, is in those groups. And I like, I'm like the big brother house guests. Like they go off of what they've done in the past. I'm going off of what they've done in the past. Every time that Davon has had trouble with somebody, she's lost. She's lost that battle. Before, it was Audrey and uh, the cast of Big Brother 17. Then in 18, it was Nicole Franzel. And if she's in an alliance with Nicole Franzel, there's a lot of people that I think would pick Nicole Franzel over her. I know I take your, I take your point, Taryn, that Davon has a lot of friends in the Big Brother house. And I do think she's well-respected. People like her. And, and let me just tell you, show me a season where Davon wins Big Brother 22, and I will like put it in my all-time history book of like best seasons ever. Totally rooting for her to go all the way. But I really do think that, as I said on draft night, that they will put Day and Bay up on the block, and I think Day goes home in that instance because Bailey is more connected. She's got I don't want to say less of a temper, but I feel like she's able to control her emotions. If she doesn't get power, I feel like most of the time she's able to control her emotions better than Davon. And I'm like, you can't even tell me Davon's reads are very good right now. Like she's well liked in the house and I don't think anyone's coming for her right now, but I also am afraid that she's getting rid of people and, and could be getting rid of people in the future that she's going to need. Like, there's no way Cody's going to pick her over Franzel. There's no way Tyler's going to pick her over people like Danny. Like, she's going to need allies in the house. And right now, I don't feel like she's doing herself uh, a service by the way she's playing the game. So I gave her a five. Sorry. Five. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, well, there it's like, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. What? Um, I think a five is low for her position. I really do. I think that uh, I, I, I agree with you. I've been very disappointed with Davon's reads, but like the reads in week one, I feel like don't matter quite as much, especially if she's in like it would be one thing if she had bad reads and she was completely left on the outs. But she is in the center of the power structure and uh, or at least close to it. And so even if she does have bad reads right now, um, she will learn and she will find things so, out because she because of her position. So let me ask you this. So would it like would it make you guys feel better if I told you like spoiler that uh, the highest number I gave anybody is a seven. So like the highest number I gave anybody was a seven. I gave day a five. Like, I feel like that 
you know, judging from what I'm seeing in the big brother house. And again, you know, like we do things differently because we're different people, but I'm grading more on a curve on like what I expect of the all-star house at this point and how you can be playing at this point in the game in the all-star house. Uh, I, I think that uh, seven is the highest I can give everybody. And right now, Davon is a five for me. Well, I mean, that's exactly what, like uh, okay. my, my highest is a nine and I gave her a seven. I mean, I'm okay. I think I'm like two points above you uh, yeah. on every rating and I'm like one point above Melissa on every rating because we just okay. see like I, I think we're looking at it from like different averages overall. Um, and that's uh, but I think overall we've been pretty uh, lockstep otherwise. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Devon overall is going to get a six average. Um, let's talk about Enzo. Let's talk about Enzo. Um, I feel great about Enzo. Um, when we talked about him in the preseason, uh, I, I kind of felt like, you know, worst case scenario is Enzo goes in and he tries to do exactly what he did the first time in a super obvious way. And everybody looks at Enzo like, look at this guy trying to do the Brigade 2.0. Um, and I felt like the best case scenario was he goes in and he actually does get involved in like a good group. And he is the hype man again. And it's like able to like be the Enzo of, you know, the past. And I feel like he exceeded even those expectations. And, and the reason why is because he won a veto. And that matters. It matters. He's more physical than he was the first time he played. Um, he's able to win a veto. That's that's good stuff. Like that's he's played in two competitions and he's won one of them now. Yes. Tyler kind of threw it a little bit. Yes. OK. Um, but uh, Keisha didn't yeah. throw it. Yeah. Kevin didn't throw it. Um, Enzo can win competitions and that's going to be huge. Um, so. Uh, I feel very good about that. Enzo, I do think, has also improved strategically. Um, I think that he recognized exactly what people were going to expect from him. And so he intentionally avoided doing it. Um, he's still doing essentially what he wanted to do, which is form more brigades. But he's not doing it in the obvious way that I think a lot of people thought he might. Um, he is working with women and getting along with them fine um no he doesn't have like a super like parachute alliance right now but he doesn't really need one because he has an entire other brigade as his parachute alliance uh he has great relationships with bailey and davon um i really like where enzo is i still think the main thing that he has to contend with is that he is always the bridesmaid and never the bride uh he never has any best friends he uh he needs to like the competitions is like i said that's the thing that can elevate him he wins a bunch of competitions that can get him the win not only in the end by getting himself there but also garnering the respect from the jury by having won a bunch of competitions that's what i like from enzo um so i really like where he's at and i gave him an eight overall uh on the cusp of a nine for me i love where enzo is at uh melissa what do you think yeah i mean i think Enzo's in a really good position right now i mean he's placed himself in a good position um at first you know i heard a lot of talk about like oh i'm just waiting for enzo to come talk to me about forming a guys alliance or another brigade like ha 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 and I thought like, oh boy, they're on to Enzo. He's probably going to do that. And then they're probably going to turn him down or like make fun of him or something. But then they all just accepted it. And so now he's in two brigades essentially. So, you know, I, uh, I'm very impressed with uh, his gameplay so far. And I think that another thing to think about is the fact that everybody seems to like him. 
Um, even people who he's not technically working with or anything like that, they all say in the conversations, like Enzo's so funny. I think he's so fun to be around, et cetera. Um, so I do think he's in a good place right now. And I think that he's also building foundations for him to be good in moving forward. So, um, I'm going to give him a seven. All right. This is so predictable. So I was laughing, uh, because, uh, uh, so Taryn gives an eight and then Melissa's one point below Taryn and I'm two points below Taryn. So I'm giving him a six. I had six written on my paper. It's oh my God. We're just, ha- we're just working on different scale. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like we all agree. We're just yeah. like one. Yeah, exactly. One removed. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say as much about Enzo. Like you guys have said enough about him, but, but uh, I, I, I take the biggest thing you said that I, that I take from what you said, Taryn is the fact that is he, can he not be the bridesmaid this time? Can he find a ride or die? Can he find somebody that's going to work with him? Possibly Cody, because I don't think Cody really wants to work with Tyler. So if Cody feels like that Enzo could be his ride or die, and like like Enzo is a little bit older, uh, he's kind of got that Derek mentality a little bit of kind of the East Coast, uh, you know, loyal guy. Maybe they can sort of recreate the hitman. I feel like Enzo would be into that. Um, that actually would be interesting uh this uh like i will say that i wouldn't hate that uh if uh, cody and enzo like uh, did in uh like a, a basically a version of like the renegades when dan recreated it with ian even though that wasn't really real um it was it was real for ian but it wasn't real for dan if, if, if enzo and, and cody recreated uh, the hitman uh which cbs just apparently loves then uh you know it would be it would be cool to watch so if he could do that that would be really really cool but uh i'm giving him a six for now all right. Um, so the audience is with you, Brent, on this one. The audience gave him a six. Puya, what do you think about that? Audience, what are we doing here? The, no, no, no. The, the, listen, I, as someone who was very vocal, that I was excited to see the Meow Meow come back for a sequel, I think the Meow Meow has exceeded my expectations because, yes, he's low-key coming with the same mentality. You clocked him in the preseason. He's going to come in and he's going to be like, hey, I did everything right. All I did was not win a competition. Let's say that's his logic, whatever. He's put himself in a good position. He's in all the major alliances at the moment as not even the main, not even the figurehead, which is a good place to be because he's not going to get targeted first. That's good. But then also has come back in 2.0 version of himself with the, the old man strength and the jackedness and then wins a comp right out the gate. Had one veto his whole season. That last time played all the way to the bitter end. One veto first week, one veto already on par with the comps. That is great. Love that. I think there's a lot of room for Enzo to grow in. I think there's a lot more he can go to. I think his, his strategic chops are there, are bigger, are better. He's very good socially. I mean, you think about, think about the soundbite aspect of this person. He's coming already. He's given us good memes. He's the crayon salesman. He's the guy that worked at some nipple factory. Like he's got all these like fun stories and that's us laughing from the outside. They're laughing on the inside. They're loving it. You know, I, I saw a conversation where uh, Janelle and Danny were talking about like, Oh, Brittany like told me that I was going to love Enzo and Brittany was right. Like Enzo is fun. It's going to be good to see. I think there's a lot more he's going to offer us. And if anything, audience and Brent, I thank you both because Taryn single-handedly was making it very hard for me to purchase my favorites because everyone's expensive. So <laughs> Enzo coming through at a bargain at seven, in my opinion, this is a good spot to be for Enzo. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Ian. Let's talk about 
Ian and Puya. Let's just uh, let's just go back to back here. The audience gave Ian a five. How do you feel about that? That's fine. That's five is appropriate. I think I let me look at mine real quick. I had a four, but then I it was one of those where like Ian was one of my shaky spots where it would have been a four or five. I just think that there's not been enough for me to have seen from Ian. He comes in as one of two winners. That's not a good place to be in. It helps that the other winner is Frantic Franzel, who I think came in in a better position. <laughs> I and love is, it that you call her that. <laughs> that I'm, I'm trying to make it a thing now. And actively has kind of made herself a bigger target. Because I think coming in, I was like, okay, there's no way. If she's sitting there next to Ian on the block, she's going to stay because she's well-connected. I'm starting to feel less and less confident about that. I think Ian's going to get better and better. This is the fact of the matter is this is the right position for Ian to be in because Ian coming into his first season, similar to Ian here, Ian needs the time to assimilate with the group he's in. He needs to get comfortable with the crew he's with and he needs to get used to his environment. And then he picks up and does better and better. I think with the age that he comes in, there's a level of maturity to him. I think there's a lot of important conversations we've gotten out of Ian. He's doing well socially more and more, in my opinion. And I think that as time goes by, he's going to get put in a better position. So it only makes sense that he comes in at this spot of kind of in the middle. I think ultimately, do I think he's in the safest spot? Do I think he's going to go unnoticed next week? Do I think he's no, I think there's definitely a chance that he could be in jeopardy depending on who wins it and what happens and all the, all the mechanics that go into safeties and vetoes and all Ian could have a problem. Again, one of two winners on, on uh, over here. The fact that his one big alliance is one named alliance, the million club is with frantic franzel is worrisome because again she has actively been i feel like putting herself in a worse and worse position so and keeps boasting about her connection to ian which makes me nervous for Mm -hmm. ian because at some point if they're like you know what i frantic franzel's bothering me but i don't want to go after her i'll go after ian she said ian i'll just take ian out make her weaker that's bad for him so I think five is apt because it could really, depending on who this HOH is, go either up one next week or go down two next week. So, All right, Brent, how do you feel? I feel similarly. Uh, I've noticed that we are barely through. This is our halfway through and it's uh, it's a little... So it's going to be a long podcast. What can I say? Uh, I'll keep it short with the end. Uh, I gave him a four. I, I echo a lot of what Puya says. Uh, he doesn't have an alliance. I feel like he... I, I agree with the chat. He needs a fake alliance right now. That would, that would at least get him through part of the game if he could find himself a fake alliance right now. That would make him feel a little bit better. Uh, I do feel like he's in danger uh, potentially early in the game, but much like his uh, run on Big Brother 14, if he can survive the the, uh, the next week or so, I, I I like his chances. So it's a four for now. Yeah, that's that's the thing. This uh, Ian is being set up for a fall. Is what's happening. Uh, him being put up with Franzel, being you know talking about Ian and Franzel together. Um, I think Franzel's doing it on purpose. I think uh, Danny is doing it on purpose. Um, Franzel is basically using her relationship with Ian as uh, bargaining power with other other players. Um, and a lot of people are worried about Ian. Davon's worried about him. Danny's worried about him. Memphis is worried about him. There are a lot of people who would win HOH next week and I think target Ian. Um, and on top of that, like I, I still don't have the confidence in his competition abilities. I think he's, like I, I said this before, I think he's one of the best competition players ever in Big Brother by the old standard. It's a new standard. I don't know if it's going to go by the new standard with the new, you know, COVID COVID stuff happening. Um, But 
I think that he kind of expected to do well in this veto and he was pretty disappointed with himself that he didn't. Um, and if he is not able to win competitions, I do feel nervous about his uh, longevity in the game. Um, I think he's playing leagues better than he did in in 14 so far. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I love the uh, maturity that he has brought to his game in comparison to what he had before. Um, he is not the first one out and he did not need, uh, you know, anybody's protection to do it. He said that was important to him. Um, and so he has made it through week one. But I worry for him in week two. I worry for him in week three. I worry for him in week four. I don't know where he's ever going to be able to feel safe. And that is, uh, it's unfortunate. So yeah, I agree. I went with a four on Ian. Melissa. Yeah, I'm actually a four as well. Um, you guys basically said everything I wanted to say. Um, I'm nervous for him. He doesn't have any really true allies. It seems like all his allies are fake or setting him up. So it's not great for him. Um, you know, he's doing some work socially, but it doesn't really seem like he's really connecting with people. Um, so I am a little worried. And and there has been talk already of putting him on the block or getting him out. And if he might be safe, if there's a situation where um, the house is like split next week and, you know, the, the two sides actually like form as like factions or something and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But if they're just looking for an easy target that isn't really super connected with people, he'd be an easy one to get out. So I am worried about him, but um, yeah, we'll see. All right. So Ian's going to land there at a four. Let's move on to Janelle. Let's talk about Janelle. Brent, how do you feel about Janelle? Uh, not good. Uh, not good, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I have her at a three. I uh, don't really like what Janelle is doing in the Big Brother house. I mean, she's trying. Like, she's trying. I think that somebody, some people in the house are being unfair to her, uh, that she's trying to connect with them. She's a genuine person. She's really fun. I would work with Janelle if I was in the Big Brother house, but it, it cannot be left unsaid that uh, she just, for some reason, is not connecting with some of these people. I don't know what it is. I'm like, Melissa, I share her concern about, like, what the hell is going on? Why don't these people want to work with Janelle? Uh, you know, maybe it was a messy pregame. I don't know. Uh, but uh, some of the people that she thinks she has, like Danny, she doesn't have. Some of the people that she might think she has, like Nicole Anthony, she doesn't also have. Like, she's really looking for allies. Like, maybe she has Ian and Kaser. And maybe there's one or two other people that wouldn't put her up, but... I think that the most likely result of week two is that we're going to see nominations of Kaser and Janelle. That's just, I'm, I'm already preparing myself for it. So it's a three for right now. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I do think there's more hope for Kaser and Janelle than, uh, tell me, make me feel seems. better. Taryn. Well, <laughs> look, you know, you listen, you listen to the people talking about potential targets next week. And uh, you're you're looking at like Nicole Anthony and David on the block. You're looking at uh, people who are looking at Ian as a potential target. Um, yes, Cody wants Kaser gone, but Cody can't compete next week. Um, yes, Franzel wants Janelle gone, but that's one person. And not, I haven't really heard it echoed by many other people. Um, there, you know, Danny is worried about Janelle, but it's not She's really so- a bridge she needs to burn. Franzel is so. Um, intractable though, with the like, you know, oh, it's now, like, you know, 
worry about her. <laughs> like, you know, like I could see her like going up there and just like, does, does anybody think, is anybody asking if you're putting me up? Like, is anybody talking about putting the winners off? Like, me and <laughs> Yeah. Um, Sorry, but we're like, not doing, we're not doing friends yet. I like, I don't know. Like, I still, I like, I will talk about Tyler. I don't know where Tyler is. Um, I really don't. Um, but, uh, I feel like I don't think Tyler's gunning for Janelle and Kaser. He's been working on them so much. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, uh, like maybe, maybe they can talk Christmas into going after Janelle. Um, but, uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't think Bailey is. And if Bailey's not, I don't think Davon will. Um, you know, honestly, she might be most in danger from like Nicole Anthony, um, because of, you know nonsense um (laughs) (laughs) but i really do feel like uh i feel like there are some outs here i really do um and uh, i I don't think it's come i don't think he's completely dead in the water and i do think that also caser would likely go before janelle and i think that's actually a pretty nice place to be because once caser goes janelle has a lot of opportunity to get back in so um i actually went with a five on janelle um she could go next week it might be a little overly optimistic but like i said i feel like caser goes before her and uh if that happens then i like the position she's in so uh five from me on janelle melissa what do you think i was gonna give her a five as well sorry i was muted um as much as it's devastating to me to not give her like a 10 uh (laughs) i i do think that she is in a little bit of a dangerous spot just because it does seem like no one wants to work with her however from all the conversations, it does seem like there are a lot of people out there who are like, you know, I like Janelle, you know, Janelle could be a good ally to have. Like, there's a lot of like little bits of fishing um, when it comes to Janelle, uh, whereas with Kaser, it doesn't seem like that. So, you know, it, like Taryn said, if they're on the block together, I see a situation where Kaser goes home before Janelle. Um, and I also see a situation where depending on how the next couple HOHs go, maybe they pick up some allies. Um, maybe Janelle can make inroads with people. I mean, even Cody, who was gonna like put them on the block, was talking about like, I- I'd be interested in working with Janelle. So um, you know, I do think that there's a situation out there where I-, I don't think she's dead in the water and I don't think like, okay, next week she's gone or anything like that. I think there's still some chance for her. So that's why I'm kind of middle of the roading it and giving her a five. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience is at a five with Janelle Puya. How do you feel about that? That's fair. So my, I ended up putting four, and then the whole thing was and to advocate with the audience here. Janelle is playing a decent game for someone that is being blocked from playing the game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing work. She is working hard. She's working hard on today trying to campaign for maybe a Keisha save potentially she does have somewhat good relationship with Cody she is talking about the problem is Janelle has what we were talking about with Ian Janelle has a lot of people who are just being fake to her and like Mm -hmm. saying yes and nodding along and being like we're good but in the back of their heads nervous about Janelle I do think the fact that um Kaser is seen as a target ahead of her is good for her because should Kaser leave Janelle's target should be removed a little bit and she should be seen as less scary. However, the other side of the coin is 
Janelle wins HOH next week. That's incredible. That's fun. We love it. But that only confirms what these people have convinced themselves. That only confirms this whole, um, uh, what's it called? Prophecy that they've created, self-fulfilling prophecy of like, Janelle's dangerous. Janelle's dangerous. Janelle's dangerous. And boom, now Janelle wins this. Now there's a problem. Now we know it, it was true. So it's not a good position to be in. I think if you look at her, if she was in the position that any of the other players that got a high rating were tonight, we'd be giving her that rating. Like she's doing good. The problem is it's just going nowhere because every road she tries to go up is a dead end. So we'll see what happens. I think obviously she benefits from an HOH um, as much as it will be a threat on her. It also opens doors. It makes people have to kind of like, do a little bit of the sucking up and do a little bit of the trying to work with Janelle, which could give her new inroads. But for now it's shaky. It's scary. We don't want to see it. Um, but it's been fun to have Janelle back. Yes. Uh, so I think that's going to land Janelle at a five overall. Uh, I think we might be having slight technical difficulties with the chart, but that's fine. Um, uh, if you're listening along, won't matter. Um, so, uh, let's move on to Kaser. I do, I do feel the need to quickly, uh, give an update on some, some things that are shedding some light for me on what Tyler is thinking. It is somewhat relevant to Janelle, I think, um, that, uh, Tyler was having a conversation with, uh, with Christmas and finally kind of revealing something that I was actually planning on talking about with Tyler, uh, in regards to his conversations with Danny. Uh, Tyler is actually not fully sold on uh a this memphis thing and b the cody danny thing um he is worried about them in the same way that they are worried about him um and uh that makes a lot of sense uh where he's at i'll talk about this more when it comes to tyler um but i almost want to well i almost want to go back now now that i know about tyler and uh just cody and danny back down at an eight but that's fine that's fine it's too late <laughs> already already gave him a nine can't go back. <laughs> but that's big. That's big. Dad, Tyler's a dangerous enemy. It's a dangerous enemy to have. Um, so you can, I mean, like you can change your score. I feel, I feel like if you want to, <laughs> like we haven't finalized anything yet. So I, it's, I mean, it's up to you how you run. A, it's your show. So <laughs> you do what you want. I'm cool. I mean, I'm cool with that. If hey, look, I, I don't want to like uh, completely uh, like everyone goes back and changes everything. Um, no, I, I, I feel like this wild. is a special case. Like um, I'm not going to change my scores. But I do feel like uh, like this is exactly the sort of thing in week one where where I feel like uh, it really does kind of uh, take them down just the, that peg. Like nine was was like uh, like nothing seems to be in their way. But if Tyler is in their way. That's an eight. Um, and so you want to bring Cody and Danny I actually, down from a nine actually, to an eight? Here's, here's what I want to do. I want to go Cody, Danny, eights, bump Bailey up to a nine. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Bailey needs to save an eight. <laughs> so do you want to bring Cody and Danny down to an eight? Um, I, let's do it. If you guys are, if okay. you guys are good I'm with total, it. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Melissa, are you good with it? She didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. I mean, look, uh, the ratings, they change hour to hour. I they think, really do. It's, me. I mean, it's based on fees. Yeah. We're, we're the live feed 
correspondence. I almost said updaters, but we're the live feed correspondence. It's literally what we're doing. So it's the live feeds. So it will, it might change something. Mm. And it's and so, they reflected it in the chart. Yay. Yes. So that's going to knock Cody down to an uh, seven. Um, and uh, everything else is going to stay the same. So there you go. Um, let's talk about Kaser. Um, let's talk about Kaser. I love Kaser. Oh, yeah. I love Kaser. Puya, I know you're with me. Um, here, we can start with you, Puya. The audience gave Kaser a five. Ah, I see. I like their heart. Same. Yeah. But their heart's not bigger than mine. I gave him an eight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I gave him a three. I actually gave him <laughs> a like, three, uh... to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, it hurt. It hurt me so much to not give him a high rating. I wanted to. You know I wanted to. But the fact of the matter is, I think... Good conversation. Kaser is a great conversation, but some things haven't really changed all that much. I think that um, he there's been many moments throughout this week where Janelle has to be like, fam, pump the brakes. Stop. Leave it. You're not on the block. Like, Because my whole excitement when we came into Friday and I was like, Taryn, he's got safety. He's got a week to go social, to just have a conversation. And just just make the relationships happen. He's been doing some of that, but the problem is that intensity, that passion for you know executing plans that only Kaser can really, really want is not being done hiddenly. They are seeing it and they are actively nervous about it. It's unfortunate because I worry, you know, he's going into next week one of three people that are guaranteed. Oh no, that's a lie. He can win HOH. I was about to do guaranteed not safety, but. He's one of two people that can't participate in the safety comp. So unless an ally of his wins the safety, uh, wins HOH, I think Kaser's touching the block. And it's unfortunate and it's awful. And I don't want to go into Friday and be like, Kaser for veto. Like, I don't want to be that out of hope early. But the the sheer fact is that Kaser's in a position where he's playing a very, very losing game because of the makeup of the house, because of the makeup of the dynamics, because of the fact that no one wants to play with him because everyone's just so zeroed in on this pair being like the be all end all of targets. So outside of an HOH draw working his way, it's looking very scary that we're going to be talking about a Kaser boot week two. So for that reason, as much as my heart hurts, I'm going to give him a three, but the audience said five. And I love the audience because we are optimistic on the Kaser train always and forever. Yep. I'm just uh, like, there's the feeds are killing me right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right, then let's go through these uh, ratings. Can can we just do a do over, guys? Um, (laughs) This is like a moment. Tyler and Cody are finally having like the conversation that I've been waiting for them to have for so long. Okay. Um. (laughs) So, what happens Tuesday night? I know. I'm like, literally just like, okay, what's happening? And it, like, look, anything can change from here. I, I like, uh, so <laughs> we're good. We're good for now. Kaser, I still, I don't feel great about, um, you know, I, I, I love, I love Kaser as a human being. I think that he's so much fun. And like, I would love to work with Kaser in the game. Like, I feel like I, I get him. Um, and, and I, and I, I love just like, the honestly like the wisdom that he has um and like like he's so 
emotionally intelligent uh like he he understands things like i like i can trust anybody to go talk to Kaser, and i know he's going to give them like great advice um and i think that's awesome in the game as a player of the game there is a disconnect um he 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 doesn't have the right social instincts to make solid connections with people um and like man when you think about like the people that he's worked with in the past janelle howie like the like the sovereign six they were people that were kind of pushed together um it wasn't pulled together by a social game it was they were pushed together like out of necessity he went back into season seven with those same allies um and he made some like connections yes but not game connections uh in season seven and now he's back and like you can tell even his relationship with janelle like they're friends they haven't talked in a while and like they they don't connect on a game level, Janelle and Kaser don't. They come from very different places. And you can tell that Janelle is often just like, okay, sir, like you're doing your thing. And it takes years of knowing him or like being forced in with him to get her to work with him in the way that she does. And that sucks for Kaser because I think he's great. But unfortunately, uh, I am going to have to give him a three. <laughs> out of 10 um it, it hurts my heart i'm rooting for him if caser can win this game uh, i'm gonna be oh yeah confetti if will wins this game oh my god that'll be a miracle i'll be so happy um but no i mean for my rating i have to disagree with taryn and go with the audience um i i'm giving him a five and that is because um while i think he's in a precarious position right now I think that he has such a good read on the house and what's going on in the house and the people in the house and what makes them tick. And I think that while maybe he is struggling to connect right now on a social level, I do think he does have some very good conversations with people. Um, maybe they're, he doesn't have the ability to do like the lighthearted conversation, but he has really great conversations that are uh, on an emotional level with these people. Um, and I think that will mean something. Um, and I think that um, moving forward, um, I think he's in a worse position than Janelle, but I think that it's possible that he can pull himself out of the bad position due to his read on the game and his ability to see what's coming before it happens, basically. So I'm I'm giving him a five with the hope that things will turn around for him and he'll be able to get some more allies, but we'll see. All right, Brent. I'm like Sandra and survivor. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, uh, I know you, I saw think, Puya's face. Puya, you, yeah. uh, we had the same, same reaction to Melissa's rating. Like, how dare you? <laughs> we are, we are making the tough choice and yeah, you're over here it. giving him fives. Like it's nothing. Same Sorry. on you audience. Shame <laughs> on you. I, I had can't to. Do it. I was like, I don't want to come here and say like six. And I'm really like, he's just in love with Kaser. Look at him, fanboying. <laughs> what a simp. And like, I was like, it hurts, but I'll put the three out there, I guess. But then audience said five, and I was like, hey, we can run with this. I can just blame the me and the audience, man. We're right. all on the same page. Yeah. Uh. So 
Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, I gave him a two. What? I can't even argue, man. This is the thing. Like, if you actually watch Kaser, like, so what that is... I don't mean to. I'm not being sassy with you, Melissa. But so what that is that his reads on the house are yeah, great. Yeah, but look what happened. This look what happened for this this situation. I mean, he yeah, that's true. That's competed fair. Competed because he knew that something was up, and everyone else was like reassuring him and telling him, "Don't worry about that's it." True. I don't think he'll just sit idly by and let himself go home like a, like a lot of people might, just because other people are telling him, "You're good, you're good." I think he will know what's up. Yeah. I think he will know the right people to talk to. I, and I, I pray that you're right. Uh, but just uh, on just here's the thing, just the insofar as connecting with people and understanding them and being able to grab them where you can look into their eyes and make them feel comfortable with you. He just lacks that. And I agree with Taryn. I think I would get along great with Kaser. Like I, I, I love uh, like that sort of intense presence in my life. But most of the house guests just do not. They just, there is no way that they can find a way to connect with him. And it frustrates me to no end. But I have to believe that the, it's like Occam's Razor. The most likely result of this coming week is that Kaser's going to touch the block. Kaser's going to go home. That's the most likely way that things, and I pray to God that I'm wrong. I would love for it to be anything other because I Kaser. But I feel like it's, it's not going to be great. And, and I can see that all three of you are watching the feed. So, <laughs> I mean, look, look, I, I honestly, I, you know, sometimes this happens, but like it, it's, it's week one and mm-hmm. things are so subject to change. And yeah. And it was, and this is a different week one. Cause we like normally week one's like two weeks. Yeah. And like, we don't normally get the first week and we're getting the first week and then things are happening right now. So, yeah. so just what's happening right now, Tyler is like having this conversation with Cody. He had a conversation with Christmas where he said, uh, I'm skeptical of this Memphis Alliance. Um, I'm skeptical of Danny, which I just tweeted out earlier today. I was like, there's something up with him and Danny. Um, and, uh, and he's worried about the fact that he thinks something might've solidified without them, um, beyond this Memphis thing. And so he said, I'm going to get close to Cody because I need to like, we can't be on the outs of this. Uh, and so he went up and he finally had the conversation that Cody has been waiting for. Um, and he was like, like, man i'm in uh they were actually talking to each other and opening up and cody like spilled a ton to him apparently um and uh and tyler was sticking up for for caser uh saying like hey man caser has yeah. been talking to me saying he wants to work with us too um and like that's good news for caser uh like cody is his biggest enemy in the house right now and if tyler has influence with cody and tyler uh, is interested in keeping caser and might be able to make that happen like this could really shift things around um and and like tyler could like you have no idea guys i was so excited to come in here and give tyler a bad rating um um, we'll see we'll see we'll see where it goes but like honestly this is already starting to shift some of what uh we've been saying because the structure in the house might uh might change from this and this is why week one is so so much fun um all right caser ends on a four um keisha is up next. Let's talk Keisha. Melissa. Uh, I said earlier I didn't give anyone a two or three, but I guess like I kind of lied. Um, I feel bad because I like Keisha, but I'm worried that she's not pushing hard enough. 
um, to stay or even like get a solid answer out of people. I feel like when she talks to them to campaign, they basically say like, no one's telling me anything. No one's saying. And it's like, and then they're like, I'll just go with the house. And she's just like, okay. And accepts it. But it's like, you, you can't just go to every person and have them give you that same like non answer and just like, be like, well, I guess nobody knows. That's it. Nothing I can do. There's got to be something you can do. And even Janelle was saying that Keisha's not doing a good job of campaigning um, and was saying stuff like, oh, uh, I just want to eat your food. Like, please. Whereas Kevin is literally like, I'll return the favor. I will work with you, whatever you want to do. You know, I just feel like Kevin, Kevin's got a better hand on better handle on um, how to campaign in this situation. So I'm sad to do this, but I do think I'm going to have to give Keisha a two just because I do think she probably will go home this week. And if she doesn't, it's not really anything she's doing that will save her. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on this one, Melissa. I feel like uh, it, it has to be a, a two for Keisha. Um, like I said, I don't think this is necessarily indicative of like her overall skill level as a player. Um, I'd probably drop it down a bit because now I know that she is not very capable of handling being the first nominee in a, in a house like this. Um, but uh, I do not love where she's at. I, I would not give her a one. Uh, I tried to reserve ones for the likes of you know the Bellas of the world um, and uh, and that sort of thing like people who will just like actively trash their own game and never have a chance to win um, and I don't think that Keisha is that um, so I, I have her at a two here um, but the audience also has her at a two Puya how do you feel? I also had her at a two and I think that I just ultimately like I want to call it a spade a spade like you know you're playing a one level game like you're not playing a high rating game, but, but I didn't want to give anybody a one. I think, especially looking at the, looking at the caliber of the players there. Like I don't want to, I don't think so. I think really? ultimately we've talked about it at the start game. We talked about it at the start. Brent, I'm ready for the paddle. <laughs> but, you know, I know it's coming. I'm ready for the debut. I just I, like, I just don't understand how you can say like, I, I, the, the caliber of the play. I feel like her play has been really subpar comparatively to everybody. Oh else. yeah. No, I'm, I yeah. mean for the house. I don't mean hers. I don't mean yeah. hers. Um, I just think ultimately we kind of made the points earlier that I think fit the best for her for what is being graded here. She just this is not the environment for her. This is not the deck of cards that she can play with. And she's proving it by not being able to play with it. And she doesn't show the adaptability that I would have maybe thought she had coming into the into the into the season. And I think, you know, Kevin played laps around her as far as campaigning, talking putting himself in a position where he would be picked and saved in this situation. Keisha just kind of like gave me, Keisha gave me nostalgia for two weeks and then gave me an amazing highlight reel when she came in and excitement. And now I hope we get good Keisha moments on the show because I have a feeling that this is the last of Keisha that we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about at least going into the next week. It's sad, um, but it is what it is to I mean, like, this is just terrible from Keisha. So her positioning sucks. She hasn't been entertaining. She hasn't really been trying. I take Terrence's point that she doesn't really know she's in trouble. So maybe she doesn't want to do anything. But my God, if it's all stars, do something. And even when she goes, like, I saw her go to Tyler like a half hour ago. And she asked Tyler of all people, do you know what's happening? Tyler's like, no, I don't know what's happening. She's like, you're sure? 
I'm sure. You have to know he's lying. Do something in the house. Like, it's so frustrating watching somebody who I was so excited to see come back into the house. And for me to have to give her a one really sucks. But she's not giving us anything. It really, really bites because I don't even think, like, I know we live in this fantasy universe where she could possibly stay. I don't think it's happening. I think that Kevin's already got the votes. I think that that there's no chance she could possibly stay. The only way that I saw that she could potentially stay was Janelle Kaser, Ian and Christmas, Davon and Bailey, and Memphis. And Ian and Memphis, I don't even think she can get right now. Ian wants to vote to keep Kevin. Memphis doesn't even care if she goes home. So tell me how the hell she's going to stay in the house. Position-wise, she sucks, and she hasn't been doing anything for her cause. Like, I, if I was her, I'd be like, you know what? My gut's telling me that, that I am in trouble right now. So I'm going to call out some shit. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to swing for the fences. Okay. I'm going to swing for the fences. Cause, cause if I was safe, people would tell me to my face, yeah. I'm safe. You know, they always try to tell the person who's going to stay in case they win HOH that you're safe. But the fact that no one's telling her anything should tell her that she's not safe. That's all she needs to know. And if she was a better player, she would know that. So that's why she gets a one. Absolutely. I mean, the, the conversations with Kevin and people about like, are you voting for me? Am I staying? Am I safe? Whatever are very different from the conversations that Keisha is having. Like you can yes. absolutely see that when Keisha asks, they say, we don't know. We're going to go with the house. I don't know what the house is doing. Nobody's telling me anything. And with Kevin, it's like, I'm hearing good things that, that you're going to stay. Like I will, yes. I want to vote for you. I plan on voting for you, but you know, we'll see what the house does. Just so like, like, like Keisha, if you, if you just think about this, like move, play, play it, pay it forward. So if you stay in the house, and people are telling you, I, I don't know, like, I'm just, I, I'm going with the house at this point. Do you really think they're just going to let you live with that and then potentially stay in the house and then you win HOH and then put them up for eviction? No, they're going to say, hey, girl, I gotcha. Like, I, you're, yeah. you're good this week. Like, she should know. And the fact that she doesn't is so frustrating to me. The only, the only thing is, like, as a discussion point, I mean, like, what do you say to someone if they're like, if everyone you're talking to is just saying, I don't know. Nobody's telling me anything. I haven't heard a thing. You're lying. You're lying. That's what I would say. I would probably blow up and say, you know what? I know you're lying because this is all stars. We've all played before. And if you're not telling me that I'm safe, then I know somebody's lying. Somebody tell me the truth right now. What's happening in the house. And somebody would break and say, you know what, Keisha, you're going home. But then I'm it, that would be the, wouldn't that be like, I mean, no, because it's be beneficial for you because then everyone's like, okay, this girl is volatile and she's clearly I, no, mad at, at least us. she has a clear enemy or a clear direction of what she wants to do right now. Like they're, 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 she just goes with the status quo. She's just going to have a quiet death. It's like Tammy Ross said in the chat, Keisha has let death take her. And that is what's happened. Yeah. I, think I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to yeah. be something to do. Well, like there's a reason why a lot of people are looking at it and like, you know, there's people that love Keisha are excited. BB 10 was their favorite season. We were so happy she's back. But there's a reason why a lot of people are like, well, she clearly came in for the money for the uh, entrance money and is about to dip. Like it's because there's no like there's no, you know, enthusiasm. We talked about how David needs to give enthusiasm. Keisha needs to give a damn. And it doesn't look like she Thank does. You. And no, she sad. doesn't. She's yeah. here for forty thousand dollars. She quit her waitress job and now she's going to go back home. That's what it looks like. Now, I'm trying to be a little fair to her. Like Terrence said, like, you know, I feel like she does give a damn, but it just doesn't feel like it. 
And right. uh, but then again, I looked back at Big Brother Ten, and I'm like, my God, like she, it wasn't like she was that great of a player. Like she was constantly outmaneuvered by Dan in Memphis. And the one time that she was on the block, it was obvious that Libra was going to go home over her, and even the HOH wanted Libra to go home over her. So like she never had to fight for anything before. Well, see, like, see, like I feel like you know, lo- looking at Keisha, like especially like they're talking in the house a lot about we've been waiting for someone to screw up, and nobody has, like. Every single season, there's somebody that makes a target of themselves. They get themselves evicted week one. It's entirely their fault. Think about Joey from season 16. Maybe she deserves a one. Think about Jose from season 18. Maybe he deserves a one. My winner um, pick. Yes. Right. Uh, but like Keisha came in and she was disadvantaged. She came in one of the only people that did not was not able to pregame. She didn't really do anything particularly wrong. It was just kind of a random snipe. Um, and like, no, she's not helping herself, but she's also not killing herself. Uh, she's not like uh, completely ruining her chances by being bombastic and like getting everyone pissed off. I actually could see a scenario where, you know, Cody finds out that Kevin and Nicole Anthony have been scheming um, and that he's actually with that crew over there. And uh, and like, hey, maybe he wants to target him uh, or target somebody close to him. And you know what? I don't actually care that much. Maybe we should flip over to Keisha. I think that's completely within the realm of possibility in the next couple of days. Um, and that's because it's it is so it's not like it's a slam dunk to send Keisha home. Uh, it's not like everybody wants her gone. Um, so I, I don't, I personally don't feel like, uh, she deserves the one. Um, and, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, of, of all the first boots, uh, of all the seasons, uh, I don't, th- I think she's far from the worst. Um, I think that, I think the thing that is frustrating is that it's boring. Um, I think that's that's the killer is that like she's not a Jose. She's not a Joey. She's boring us. And that's frustrating. But game wise, I'm not at a one. Um, all right. Let's talk about Kevin, our other person on the block here. Kevin, he's in he's in some trouble. Like I said, I think it's feasible that the vote could flip another way here. Brent, how do you feel about it? Uh, I looked and uh, I gave Kevin a four and I feel relatively good about Kevin's chances if he gets out of this week. And I believe that he will. Uh, most people in the house seem to enjoy him. I, I do think that uh, I don't like his general positioning, but on the, on, on, in general, it's mostly on account of Nicole Anthony because she went and spilled some of the things that Janelle said about Kevin and, and ran it back to him right away after Janelle told her not to. So now it looks like Kevin knows that Janelle was campaigning for Keisha when in actuality, like Kevin probably needs somebody like Janelle in the house, like in order for him to do some damage. Uh, So I don't love that. But on the other hand, like he's done a good job of making the HOH feel like, Hey, I mean, inside he's got to be burning that Cody, Cody put him up after he had that talk with him. But on the outside, he's been pretty cool about it and made Cody feel great. And that has trickled out to Cody's allies and, now it looks like Kevin's going to stay. And if he stays, then he's got new life in the game. So I gave a four. Yeah, uh, I'm at a four as well. Um, and that's just because I know Kevin is a capable player. Um, I feel pretty confident about him staying. But like I said, anything could happen here. Um, here's the thing, though. And I talked about this uh, on the update, I think this morning. Um, no 
player who was nominated in week one and faced a vote has ever gone on to win the game. The only winner who was even nominated at all in week one was Steve, and he won the veto to take himself off the block. Uh, and that's what uh, what saved him from that vote. No other winner has ever even been nominated, and that includes Big Brother Canada. Um, it's just, it's a big disadvantage, I think, to be out of the loop essentially to be out of the rest of the group to be singled out for that first crucial week and now i do think that there are a couple of things that can help him out here first is that it was only one week and not two um and so he hasn't been the first nominee for two weeks it's only been one so he will have a little bit of a chance um and also this is an all-star season there are pre-existing relationships so uh it's the week one stuff isn't maybe quite quite as valuable um and like i said i think he's a capable player so i don't think he's like dead in the water i don't think it's a a death sentence but i do think it's a big disadvantage and i you can see how much he has missed out uh on here in uh in the week so four from me melissa how do you feel yeah um how many give kevin a three um i'm I'm a little worried about him moving forward. It seems like he doesn't really have any, he has people who like him and who want him to stay this week, but I don't necessarily see that he has a lot of people who want to work with him. Um, And I'm also worried about the fact that he initially, I don't know if this is still the case, but it's still like, is like a little worrisome to me that he was like, okay, when I'm off this block, I'm targeting Kaser and Janelle, which is like, you should not be targeting them. You should be trying to work with like that side of the house. Like, or at least like, it's not even a side. It's literally just like everyone else outside of the majority Alliance. Um, and everyone who's been put into these like different, you know, I don't know, different like groupings in this majority Alliance. Uh, you know, everybody who's not in that should be trying to do something together. And the fact that he's already like, I'm going to target those people is a little worrisome in regards to his read on the house. So um, that's why I'm giving him a three and not anything higher. All right. Um, The audience gave Kevin a four. Puya, do you agree? I personally had a three down, but I, I think a four makes sense. Ultimately, I do think that, you know, Kevin kind of just, erupted into like this ball of emotions after being put up. And I think a lot of us coming into the season were rating Kevin at a higher position because we were like, we're expecting to get the Jeff Slayer. We're waiting to see that Kevin that we saw make his way to the final three in season 11. And I think that I don't doubt that that Kevin is still there, which actually, if I'm being a broker and I'm trying to help you out, I feel like Kevin's a bargain buy should Kevin survive. But we have to acknowledge the facts that Kevin was still to this moment is having a lot of reactions, strong negative reactions towards what has happened and has kind of lost footing a little bit. It's kind of being looked at weaker. It's kind of being perceived weaker and that's not a good position to be in. Then you talk about the statistics with the first um, week, Taryn, you brought up the whole like not winning being on the block that first week. If you look at that, that's not good. But then if the perception of him is going lower, that's not good. He needs to find a footing. He has some decent social connections, which is what I rate, which is why I'm saying I'm okay with a four, given that Kaser's a three. He has a good social connection, decent social connection with Nicole Anthony, with Dave Vaughn. Um, he's positioned in a way where he's going to get scooped up. He could be in a position where 
if there's a swing against that bigger majority type of lines or the, the big heavy hitters, he's someone you want to bring in. That's a good spot for him to be in. So I think moving forward, should Kevin survive this week and be in a good position to repair and not play from defense, not play from I have to campaign for my life and just get to do social game for a week? I think Kevin can bounce back week three and be just all right and can be back in the picture because I trust Kevin's gameplay. I trust Kevin's capabilities, but he definitely, definitely needs to snap out of what has consumed him this past week. But I think yeah. good purchase in the future. Yeah. So four overall for Kevin, this is something I've been meaning to do, but I, uh, I forgot to do it. We'll go back uh, briefly um, to do this. I actually had a preseason survey to ask the audience to rate the players based strictly on their game prior to the season starting um, prior to the season starting Kevin was given a seven by the audience he was given a four by the audience this week uh, and a four overall average this week so it's downhill for Kevin um, Memphis is up next uh, let's start with Brent how do you feel about Memphis uh, give him a six he's uh, trying his best he's trying to fit uh, an old school strategy into a new school way and it's looking kind of cool I loved your tweet about the steampunk <laughs> thing on Twitter Taryn. I thought that was really well done uh, like uh, Memphis is uh, cracking me up dude like I don't know if you guys saw the picture on the second day Puyah, did you see the picture of Memphis like like huddled up with uh, all the layers on top of him because he was so cold. He yeah. looked like an old man <laughs> with no neck, just all scarf yeah. and blanket. Yep, <laughs> he looked like fifty five, dude. It looks crazy. It cracked me up. Uh, it's a six for me. I think he's uh, like I don't. I don't want to uh, be verbose about it, but uh, he's 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 well liked in the house to the point where I don't think anybody. In fact, I think nobody is targeting him right now. Uh, he's somebody that is well liked by everybody and. Uh, people generally just get along with. So until that changes, I feel like he's on a good path in the big brother house. All right, Melissa. I, you know, I would have given him a six, but this, uh, this live feed stuff that's going on is making me go a little lower, but just to a five. Um, I, I, you know, am interested in what he's doing. Um, he seemed to be involved in that big Alliance. Although now it seems to me that, um, Tyler and Cody and even Crispus are kind of like, well, that's not real. It's not legit. Like, you know, kind of talking down on it, which I did not think was the case. Um, so I, I'm a little worried cause it seems to, it seems like it's a, an Alliance to Memphis only possibly. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here, but I am, I am a little nervous because I think that he's playing it wrong and that he shouldn't be distancing himself or like purpose. I feel like he's getting rid of an ally or a potential ally this week. I think he should have worked harder to keep Keisha and not try and throw her under the bus. Really? Like he was like, okay, please leave. Like it's, it's kind of, it's disappointing because that could have been something he didn't have to work with her directly, but it could have been a thing where it was like, Hey, like we were on the same season. We have each other's back. Like we don't need to work like together as a pair, but we have each other. We have this connection. And instead he's like, okay, bye Keisha. Like, please leave. Um, so, you know, I am just a little disappointed, but it does seem like he's setting himself up well on the other side of the house. So I'm giving him a five. I'm in the exact same spot, Melissa, actually. I was planning on giving Memphis a six, but um, but Tyler being anti this group and kind of like shading Memphis is just the nail in the coffin on the six rating for me because 
I like Memphis. I think he's a smart player, but um, I don't think Memphis fits in very well in the same way. They don't think Keisha fits in very well to this cast. Um, I think they both fit into their cast at the time they played at the age they were. But right now, he is old man Memphis and he is playing a steampunk game while everyone else is playing a sci-fi game. Like, uh, like, uh, like it's, it's not, it's, 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 it's not a good fit. Um, and he's trying to make it fit, but it's, it's, it's not fully there. I don't think he's in a bad spot right now. I think he's fine for a while, but I, the longevity is where I don't see it from him. And this alliance not being solid is is bad news for the longevity for Memphis. So for me, it is a five. Um, who, yeah, the audience agreed. They went with a five as well. What are your thoughts? We are on the same page. Um, so I think to speak on this, it's like Memphis is playing the game. It's like when you were in university and you had the first edition of the textbook and then they give you the syllabus and it's now on the third edition. And it's like the same book, but like some parts of it are different and just not the same anymore. And the graphs are outdated. So that's kind of what I'm getting with him. Sure. It, it would have worked maybe four years ago, but this is 2020 and you're not playing it right. Um, I, I do think that I came into the season, not really feeling Memphis. I'm feeling Memphis a little bit more now. Uh, but there are still day by day that is going back down to what I was feeling preseason. So I'm feeling vindicated on that. I do think that Memphis's uh, decision to kind of like leave Keisha to the wolves and believe that, oh, I can get there. I can do my own thing. I can make it is all well and good. If you're a player like Derek, who's able to kind of 21 jump street himself, and there is no way Memphis is going to do the same thing and be one of the youngins. That's there's no way the closest person to be able to emulate that is going to be Enzo. And I do not think Memphis with his complaining about the cold and if you wanted to be tortured, I'd go to Canada. It's like that is the most dated thing you could say. Your behavior is screaming older. There is no way you're going to be able to play younger. So I think playing to his strengths is something he should be doing. And I think believing that he's doing a good job when it's kind of like average is not great. We'll see where he goes from here. I think five is good because again, depending on what happens next week, he could either go up or down, but he's just kind of there now. He's he's a little crotchety, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like, (laughs) <laughs> I think I would have liked to see him try to broker something between Keisha and Cody um, to try to keep Keisha. Tell her to like, look, you get a ditch caser in Janelle for now, at least. Um, and like, let's just try and pull you in. Cody doesn't have that much of a preference. We can try and make this work. I can he say really I've didn't. got you. Yeah. Um, he didn't do anything. I think, I think he that would have... pushed her out the door. Uh, I think that would have been a, a better move. I think part of it might be that he's he's worried about her, that, uh, that you know, this is a, a wild card that he's, like, uh, you know, taking out of the, the, the equation because at some point he was probably expecting her to, to stab him before he did her. Um, but I... Looking at it now, I think he needed her. And I, I don't think he realizes that he needed her. Um, so we'll see. But the audience was at a six for Memphis prior to the season. Um, they are at a five now, and he's a five average overall. So uh, a slight decline for Memphis's status. Nicole Anthony is up next. And I do not feel good about Nicole Anthony. No. Um, multiple reasons. Podcast drama. Um, she was sick for a few days. Uh, she's left out of a lot of things. Her reads are astronomically out of place. Um, so bad. The few people that are trying to work with her, or some of the few people that are trying to work with her, 
Janelle and Kaser, she just like flat out doesn't trust for like a for no, no reason. reason. No um, reason. I have to go and and she is being mentioned as a target, yes. as a as a person to go up on the block as early as next week. Um I have to go I have to go to a a three. A three for Nicole Anthony. I almost went with a two. <laughs> But she's not. She's not that. Dead. She's got. She's got a chance to turn it around. It's week one. So, uh, Puya, Nicole, Anthony. The audience says a four. Of course they did. Like- uh, we're being too kind to her as the <laughs> audience. Uh, I I would have given a three as well. Um, I did in my thing. So here's the thing with Nicole. It's like I wanna. I wanna root for her. I wanna like her. But, and like so coming into the preseason was like coming into the season was like. You know, she's going to be in a not great position. She's going to be like an underdog. She's going to be playing from the bottom a little bit. But I feel like they gave her many chances this week to be like, hey, Nicole, here's the here's all the information you need. Here's all the deets. And Nicole takes it and then just chucks it and like doesn't use it and then uses it incorrectly. It's so frustrating to see when she can. All she needed to do was be good socially, be in a good position, work with people take them in and just be a part of them. Be, be a part of them. That's all you need. And I think all she's doing is becoming an information funnel and giving information to people when they already didn't respect her game, when they're already looking at her and they're already not loving life, seeing her there. She literally, if this veto was used, she'd be the one up there. So that's not a good position to be in. And then to kind of like be not respected all that much. And then you're coming in as one of the last people from the last season, like, you needed to be in a good position. And I think all she's done is actively put herself in a bad spot. And the crazy thing is, I don't think anyone out like outwardly hates her. No one dislikes her. No one like just, it's just this feeling of like, eh, I could play the, same, the game without her and I'll be fine. And th- that's not good when so many people are doing it. And then when the two people that are like, Hey, come hither, play with us. You're just taking their information and giving it to the people that want you out that you're expendable to. Mm-hmm. It's a bad read. It's a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is go ahead. I I would give her a three as well. I um I'm very disappointed. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating because when you see her in a conversation with people, I think she does really well. I think that she's very good at making that person feel good about your conversation and that you want to work with them and that she's like on your side and like you guys have a connection. And I feel like she's very good at that. Um, the frustrating thing is what comes after that conversation. So she takes that good conversation and then just like immediately like tosses it in the garbage with either by either by just being like, yeah, no, I don't trust that person at all. Like that was, you know, we're not, we're not working together or it's that she'll go to the, to the uh, people that were talked about and just immediately spill the beans. So it's, it's really not good. And then, you know, the fact that it doesn't seem like she recognizes like who is in what alliance and like, and not only that, it's not only like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. It's like she actively is like thinking the the wrong thing. Like it's not even just like I'm a little confused. It's like she's like, I know that it's Janelle and Tyler. And it's like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? So, yeah, she's uh, not doing it for me this season, but I hope she turns it around. Yeah, I hope she does, too. I think that the reason she's able to connect with people when she actually takes the time to talk with them is that she's actually a really great person like Taryn said it best at the end of bb21 when he got a chance to interview her he, he was like uh like you, you're actually somebody who we rooted for like we really wanted to get a chance to know and he was so touched and they hugged and it was great and we loved it it was a great moment 
But my God, she is not that good of a game player, especially early when she doesn't have her feet under her. It's really frustrating watching her. And I have to say, let me said, I have talked with Eric from Reality Recaps in the past. He's a cool guy. He's a little messy like me. But him having a problem with Nicole Franzel and Nicole Franzel having a problem with Eric, people are like, oh, well, that's too bad for Nicole Anthony. No, it's not. It is not too bad for her. It was her fault, Nicole Anthony's fault, that she didn't put out that fire sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, Nicole Franzel came to her and said, hey, I think I have a drama with uh, your guy. He doesn't like me. And she could reasonably infer that Nicole Franzel might not feel good about her. The fact that uh, she might put her up for nomination if she wins HOH, Nicole Anthony I'm talking about. But Nicole Anthony did jack to change that perception. She did nothing. I watched that conversation. It was just like, hee hee, oh hoo. Like, uh, like, she was all awkward about it. And then, you know, like talking to the cameras, Nicole Anthony's like lighting her up going, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to hear that. Well, why don't you actually do something like like talking to us doesn't do shit for you, lady. Like, what are you trying to do? Do something within the game. Put out that fire. Maybe she doesn't even know that that is a fire. But if, if she doesn't know that's a fire, that's an even bigger indictment on her game. So I gave her a two. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. Like uh, she she has the the connections like she has the ability to be in power right now like she had she like she said on like night two of the feeds tyler hasn't come and talked to me yet i've been waiting for tyler to come and talk to me and say hey we're both friends with ovi let's work together why haven't you talked to tyler ding why haven't you talked to these people if she like if she was in with tyler right now i would feel so good about her Mm -hmm. because she'd be in tyler's like crew and tyler's like like a safe haven for anybody not cody and danny right now um and like i like if she was if she was even in more with davon and them like uh, and she was with that group more i'd feel better about her but she's like off on her own right now and janelle and case are reaching out to her to try to be allies and she's pushing them away like she's she wants to be an underdog or something Uh, right it's it's like that's where she feels comfortable or something it's annoying it's annoying um <sighs> but uh we uh D- david alexander has been watching this podcast from the house um and he <laughs> is not pleased with us uh he said uh <laughs> alexa sorry actually i won't say it out loud i don't want to screw you guys up um he said, uh, please play fake love by drake um mostly directed at it's melissa though <laughs> betrayal uh, I'm sorry. She but, gets you to know, calls him as she sees him. Yeah. I, I, hey, if I got more confidence, like if I got some sort of indication that he was uh, watching seasons or studying or doing something to prepare, I'd feel a lot better. If this is all just like you know laying low for the first week, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Nicole Anthony prior to the season started was a six from the audience. She's now down to a three overall, four from the audience. Uh, so she is not faring well nicole franzel is up next let's talk about franzel can we do it can we do it puya how do we feel about franzel the audience feels franzel is a six what do you think puya what a heavy task the audience has given me okay let me sit up for this one um so franzel six is fair score 
if Franzel maintained the level that Franzel came in, maintained the ammunition that Franzel came in, maintained the relationships that Franzel came in, a six is a given. A six would be a poor score, if anything. Here's the problem. Franzel is not as slick as Franzel thinks. Franzel is playing a, oh, I don't know what's happening. I'm dumb with the whole Cody relationship. It's very see-through. Playing dumb with the whole like insecurity of, hey, like, did, do you think anyone's talking about the winners? Like, yes, duh. Obviously, that's probably going to be a thing. Playing dumb with that. I did hear, and I am very sorry. I know someone brought this up on one of the podcasts, blessed with coverage, by the way, um, that Fra- though the thing about Franzo bringing up the winner thing is a good thing. Maybe it was you, Taryn. It uh, was. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing because like, you know, now it's like she's the one putting it out there. Sure, it's great, but you got to like play the role well. I feel like this and like the, the emotions, all the, the tears that are coming out. And this has zero to let me be let me be frank with you, right? Not BB 14, 18 Frank. Let me just be frank Good. with you. Yes. The Franzel thing, the, the, the crying thing, I, what I'm saying has nothing to do with how I feel about Franzel. It literally the tears and all of that stuff. She is the one house guest that I'm looking at that if they were to like feel some type of way of like, listen. I'm just putting you up because I'm I'm exhausted. It's Franzel. She's literally put her, putting herself in a position where I can very much see her alienating her allies and very much making herself become expendable to her allies when it shouldn't be the case because she's got all the connections. And that bothers me a lot. Um, if she was to dial that back, remove that energy, come back in with the the bad energy, the the evil energy, the the snake energy that people know her for, that people have called her out for, I think she'll be earning that six. But to be honest with you, I don't think it's a six given what we're seeing right now. But we said six as the audience because <laughs> we think Franz was capable of a six down the line. <laughs> All right, Brent, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, I felt like I was pretty fair to her. And honestly, uh, there's not a lot for me to like about her game. I, I, I'm really trying. I think that there are positive aspects of her game. And I'll, like, I'll give it to her. Like, uh, I, I agree with uh, something that you noted on one of the live feed updates, Taryn, which is the fact that she's such a whiner and such a paranoid person that that actually works to her advantage. Some of the time, like being so paranoid does make her a very adept player. But on the other hand, she shoots herself in the foot so much of the time with so much of the paranoia, like she creates her own fires and then puts them out. And then we call her a damn hero. Like that doesn't work that way. Uh, I gave her a four. I really can't stand her. Like, I know that there's some people who are like, you know what? It's not cool. To hate on Nicole Franzel and the Big Brother feeds. I'm allowed to hate on Nicole Franzel. I've got to listen to her on the goddamn Big Brother live feeds. Just so you're clear, uh, these opinions are not shared by Melissa, Puya, and Taryn. But I myself, I can't stand Nicole Franzel. And I don't understand what production person decided that somebody who sounds like this is good for television one more time. But here we go again. All right, Melissa. Um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by Nicole, really. I feel like I want to, I want something from her and I feel like we can get it, but I feel like we're also not getting it. I want, like we've always said, her to be the villain we know she can be and her to own her game and own her, own all her stuff and own her betrayals and own like, you know, the, and basically just say that, oh, these mood swings and this like emotion is all for game. But I don't think the emotion is. And here's the thing is, I 
I want to be like, oh, she needs to like stop that. That's enough. You know, she's alienating herself and alienating other people with all this emotional like baggage. But I, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't like be very emotional the whole time and like crying all the time for no reason. And like, I don't know what I would do. Um, but I will say that like, that is a concern. People are off put by that. And even her allies, even Cody um, and Danny were talking and saying that like, this is going to be a problem. This is just the, and they were just like, this is just the way that she is, but can we play with this? And that is concerning. I mean, I feel like in the past, maybe she's used her emotions as more of a weapon. And now I feel like she's not doing that. She's basically just like being emotional, but not using it for a specific purpose. And that is not very good moving forward. You don't want an ally who is unpredictable and emotional and you have to reassure all the time. It gets exhausting. I'm sure people are going to be exhausted by it. So um, I I have to give her a five just because I do feel like she's positioned herself well so far, but that could change. Melissa, did you see the talk that Danny had with uh, Nicole earlier today where she was like, you are Basically beautiful. Like, you are amazing. Yeah. Girl, you get a hold of yourself. Smart. Yeah. You are amazing. <laughs> That's what the gist of it was. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Oh, not man. good if you're already needing a pep talk week one. It hasn't even been one eviction and you're not on and the block. And an ally's in power. Yeah. An ally's in power. You're not on the block. Like, I don't know. Here, Well, here's the thing about Franzel. She, she has a lot of power. She's clearly, uh, she's gotten to Rob in the chat. Um, Rob all of a sudden talking like, oh my God, I know that Brent guy hates me. Um, I, I mean, that doesn't sound like Rob to me. That sounds like a certain other Nicole that we know. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. She has a lot of power. Rob's Um, been compromised. (laughs) Um, I actually think the audience is spot on with this one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually feeling the six. Um, I think that she's up there in terms of safety and influence and like, like just being in the power structure. She, and she knows the game. Uh, she knows it well. She, she was one of the first people to like jump out of the gates. She reached out to Ian and she's got Ian. Like that's like, that's a valuable piece to have. Um, and she probably will sit next to Ian and Ian probably will go home before her. Um, and no, she doesn't really have the respect of her allies, Cody, uh, Enzo. Um, but like, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters right now. I really don't. Um, I think that this is like, this is the Nicole Franzel that we saw on season 18 and it really worked for her for a long time. And I think it's actually a, it's an improved version of it as well. Um, that said, that said, I think the thing that will kill Nicole Franzel in this game, even if she does find the success that she has before is that She's not going to be able to face a Paul in the final two. I think that's I think that's what's going to get her. Um, I think that part of what gets her far in the game is that she is so paranoid, is that she is running around with wide eyes because people look at her and they're like, she's not a winner. She's 
this is Nicole Franzel. She Did barely, you see when Memphis forgot that she was a winner? Yes, she can't. <laughs> she can barely hold herself together. So she's not really worth targeting, but she's so much more dangerous than that in the game. And and she is capable of like screwing people over. And that's like that's her strength in the game. But um, but I think it, it will come back to bite her in the end, even if she does make it there, because this time she's going to be up against somebody else who probably has played really well. She can't sit next to Ian in the final two. That's a disaster. I don't think she can sit next sit next to Cody. I don't think she can sit next to uh, Danny. Um, I think even Enzo could probably beat her in a final two. Like, I don't I I think she's looking around and she's going to have to she's going to have to bring like a Christmas or a David like uh, she has a hard time finding people that she can beat in the end, I think. And that's going to be tricky for her. And she's also facing stronger, tougher competition in this season. So uh, I think she's in a great spot right now. She is being targeted by maybe Janelle, um, maybe Nicole Anthony. Um, And in those situations, I could see her going on the block. But like we've talked about, she probably doesn't go home quite yet um so all that said i think six is probably appropriate for now um but we'll see let's move on to tyler finally let's talk about tyler um let's start with you melissa how do you feel about tyler this is a tricky one because um like you said earlier uh i was gonna rate tyler pretty low coming into this just because i felt like he's kind of been on the outs a little bit like he people wanted to work with him but he wasn't really get like getting that solid like okay we are working together um and then he was kind of like pulled into this memphis thing and i kind of thought like maybe he doesn't really have like a solid read on like what's going on at this point it's kind of just like going with the wind and not really like doesn't really have a plan and is kind of floundering but you know after this hearing this conversation at least from what i've gleaned a little bit um from twitter uh you know, with Christmas and then with Cody, it's like, he's not for this Memphis Alliance. And, you know, if anything, he's like putting in a good word for Kaser with Cody. And like, maybe he's not trying to just like be a number for Cody and Enzo's giant monstrosity. And maybe he actually like is going to do his own thing. And that's pretty promising for me. I mean, that's an exciting prospect. If Tyler comes around and is like, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to take on this game and I am not going to just like be a number. I will be, I will be so for it. I'm already getting excited thinking about it. So, um I I I can't give him a great score yet just because like I don't feel like he has any really solid bonds or solid alliances. Sure, he went around getting final twos with everyone, but like I don't know if any of those are really real. Um so, you know, I, I'm going to be a little cautious and give him a 5. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I also gave him a five, and I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, The thing that I think that is eventually going to trip him up, and look, I'll own my shit. I said the same thing on Big Brother 20. He never got caught, and eventually my rating did rise for him, but I'll never forget the the night that Caitlin Herman went home with the puzzle, and I was sitting there saying, like, you know, Tyler is going to get caught. I'm pretty low on Tyler, and then, like, he never got caught. But this time, he's playing with All-Stars, and he's being really sloppy about the way that he makes a lot of these final twos. He makes them, uses the same words over and over to the same people. Like if just one of those sets of people compares notes and says, so what did Tyler say to you? Like, we're going to run it to the end. We're both, both of us till the end. Like, and I know a lot of people say that, but he says it like the same way all the time with many different people. I, I have to believe that he's going to be in trouble. And, and these people 
are, are they they should be scared to death of him after the game that he played on on Big Brother Twenty. He, they're not scared of him right now. I guess they've got bigger fish to fry, and maybe that will pay dividends for him in the end. But for right now, I feel like he's not made anything solid. He, I still don't know exactly what his plan is. I think maybe he might be kind of proud and be like, I don't want to do what I just did on Big Brother 20. Like, I want to show I can do something else. So I'm not going to just create like a six-person alliance. But I feel like he kind of needs it to survive. This is my problem. This is this is my problem. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm being pretty fair with Tyler, but you guys make me look like I'm like I'm crazy with Tyler. Same thing with Franzel. Like the audience gave Franzel a six. I'm on board with the audience, but you guys are lower on Franzel, so I'm the Franzel defender. And now you guys are both fives on Tyler. I was like so excited to give Tyler one of the lowest ratings I've ever given him, which is a seven now. Like, oh. God, I don't love what he's doing. I think he's a more talented player than we're seeing on uh, in this week. But but like he's not he's not a five. I mean, Terrence, like it's all your fault. Five. (laughs) Um, Like uh, he's got a bunch of individual connections. Uh, He's I mean, this thing with Christmas is is super valuable. He's in with Bay. Uh, he's got the thing with David. Um, he's in there with. Uh, he's got a relationship with Franzel now. He's working more on Cody, which I think is going to be super valuable for him. I think that Cody would prefer to work with Tyler over Enzo. Tyler's the first person Cody went to. Um, I can't give Tyler anything higher than a seven right now. Um, because I don't know what this Cody Tyler relationship is going to look like. Uh, Tyler might have missed the boat on this one. Um, but uh, I do think that uh, that Tyler is in, a, is in a good position right now. I don't think anybody is really going to be gunning for him anytime soon. If they do, I think that they there are a lot of different um, uh, ways that he can protect himself. And uh, I, I like I, I like what I'm seeing in terms of lying low i but i'm see this is this is the problem i was so ready to come in here and just dog tyler's game um but now i'm the guy who's highest on tyler mm-hmm. i'm really frustrated watching tyler honestly right. um i i really feel like he's not playing hard enough i think that uh i think that he should have been working on cody earlier i think that he 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 missed out like he missed some opportunities and if he gets in with cody now fine but like he should have been there earlier he should have been in the main thing um you know the the relationship that he's developing with danny is so weird um danny has been trying to get through to him and he keeps shutting her down and it's because he we now know he doesn't trust her which is fine but like you need to give them something and that's what cody has been asking for it's what danny's asking for like they want something from him to feel okay and it's good that he's finally giving it to cody that's why i can feel comfortable giving him a seven um it might have been a six without that conversation but uh but he needs to start doing it more um and uh and i think that he needs to be more active that's what he's good at if he's not active people will think that he is and he won't have anything to show for it and i think that's a a huge uh disadvantage to have in the game coming in with the reputation that tyler does so um i am i am uh, pretty low on where tyler stands right now i think that there is still a lot of potential here um, and he is still he still has his thumb on the pulse of a lot of what's happening. Um, so I would not underestimate him, but I think he could be doing much better in the game. So it's going to be a seven from me. 
Huya Kapisov here. The audience came very close to giving him a seven, but they actually ended up going with a six. That works out for me. Um, and given especially that it's going to end up being the average price set anyways. Um, I do think that the, the biggest reason, because we all know, right, Tyler got doesn't Tyler still hold the record for best first week rating of all time? Uh, yeah, now he does because I, I docked Cody and Danny because of Tyler. <laughs> he just protected his own legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we know he's capable of playing well. Um, I think that a little bit of the, the non-committal stuff is why he comes down lower for me, for the audience, for Melissa, for Brent. Like, just it's all well and good to like say yes to everything. We've all talked about how when you're given a deal, say yes. When you're doing a thing, say yes. Always be enthusiastic. But when it starts being repetitive cookie cutter answers, one note comparison could land you in trouble. I think that mm-hmm. the, the fact that Cody kept saying stuff like, oh, he's a throw. He's a comp thrower. Like, that's the thing that I'm concerned about. And he was throwing jabs like to other people being like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody seems like he's going to align with the bros. I thought that there was going to be like a feud coming soon anyways with them. But um, I thought that Cody would be having the upper hand there because of how fast and loose Tyler was playing. Obviously, I do like the fact that for some reason, Tyler operates like he's in the middle of a double eviction every night, every time he's strategizing because he does all his work in like 45 minutes and then he just goes to sleep again. So like, I do like that he probably has what the most final twos in the house currently. That's nice. I think I trust that the Christmas one is the most authentic and the strongest one. I think he's rightfully picked someone that he can take out, beat. I think his connection with Bailey is good. But I do think he needs to fortify them further. And if and the indication coming from tonight's situation is that um, he's talking to Cody, that's a great link for him to maintain because if he's able to get something going there, that brings him into a lot more conversations and a lot more connections going forward. So I think this is a, the right place to put him for now. I will say we have a new bargain purchase for the week based on what I'm seeing. Just my two cents as a member of the audience. There you go. So it's going to be a six overall for Tyler going in before the season started. Tyler did have a nine from the audience. Um, So he did drop from a nine to a six. Uh, Although it really, again, it was very close to a seven. So um, not quite as dramatic as it looks. Um, So that's where Tyler was. Uh, Nicole, by the way, started at a seven and is now at a six with the audience. Um, Bailey started at a four and has moved up to a seven and an eight overall. Uh, Christmas started at a three and has moved up to a five from the audience and five overall. Cody started at a seven and is down to a six from the audience, which is weird to me, um, but a seven overall. Uh, Danny started at an eight and is now an a seven from the audience, um, which also is weird to me because I think she's also playing the best she's ever played. Uh, but she is an eight overall. Um, David was a four and remains a four. Uh, Davon was a five, just barely, and is now a six. Um, Enzo was a six before the season and is now still a six from the audience, but has moved up to a seven overall. Uh, Ian was an eight from the audience prior to the season starting. He has dropped down to a five from the audience and a four overall. Um, Yeah. Uh, Janelle was an eight from the audience as well. Prior to the season starting, she has dropped down to a five and a five overall. Um, And Kaser was a six. 
and is now a five from the audience. Uh, four overall. And then uh, Keisha was a six and is down to a two from the audience and a two overall. So uh, that's where they have gone. Um, obviously, Ian and Janelle, the biggest drops uh, along with Keisha, um, which is, I think, not super surprising. I think those are the two Ian and Janelle that I would have said are a little overrated in those preseason ratings. So that's what we had there. Um <laughs> Let's uh, let's run through. Uh, we're at about we're over three hours now. Let's run through just quickly some of these other things from the survey just to uh, give you guys the answers. Um, prior to the season, I also did player rankings in terms of who's your favorite. Um, Danny was at the top of the favorite player rankings Oops. prior to the season starting. Uh, she has fallen to fifth place on the player rankings. Uh, so not too dramatic, no, not too bad. but uh, she has dropped. Janelle was in second place. She is now in first. Caser uh, was actually down in sixth at the start of the season and has moved up to second place. Um, Devon was in fifth place and is now in third. Uh, Ian was fourth in both, uh, both polls, um, maintained his status there. Um, we have a big, big, big jump here. Bailey was second to last prior to the season starting. Shade. Second to last. She is now sixth overall. Wow. Um, so big jump in the favorite player rankings this week for Bailey. Um, Tyler was third prior to the season starting. He is now seventh below Bailey. Um, oh. <laughs> right? Uh, Enzo was down near the bottom. Uh, looks like maybe 10th or 11th overall. He's now 8th. He had a small jump. Um, Nicole Anthony was in 7th. She has fallen down to 9th. Um, and then we have people like Kevin Campbell uh, around the same. Keisha around the same. Um, Keisha's... No, actually, no. Keisha did fall a few places. Um, she's toward the bottom now. Uh, Cody is uh has fallen a little bit um memphis is exactly the same david is ex exactly the same christmas managed to uh she went from very last to just leapfrogging over franzel who is now dead last in oh, the God. ratings uh the, the flavor player rankings prior to that she was 12th hmm. yes so there you go um <laughs> Sorry, it's, usually we have a little more time to really go into detail with that. Um, overall, people rated the episodes of this week a 6.2. Um, the feeds, they gave a 6.9. And the season as a whole so far, a 7.3. That's pretty good. That's high. It's pretty high. Yeah. Um, people are feeling good. I also feel very good about the season so far. I'm really enjoying the All-Star season. I feel like the gameplay level is high. I'm, I'm really excited about the mature conversations that I'm seeing on the feeds. Yes. Uh, I love watching Kaser. I love watching all of these people. It's so much fun. I'm really, really enjoying myself. It is so nice to have an older cast. Yeah. I absolutely think that's part of the reason. Like, I don't think it's just like, oh, these are all stars, like whatever. I think that the fact that we have an older cast overall is, I, I think it totally changes the vibe and totally changes the conversations that you have. And I think it influences the gameplay as well. Mm -hmm. um, I asked strategically, who should Cody have targeted this week? 
Top Tyler. choice. Oh. <laughs> was not Tyler. <laughs> top choice was actually my top choice, Ian Terry. People think he should have gone after Ian. Um, and then uh, I actually forgot to take Kaser and Janelle off the off the block because uh, they were safe, so they don't count. But they were two and three. Um, Keisha was the next uh, highest, and then Tyler was the third highest if you subtract Kaser and Janelle. Uh, ask people how they felt about the safety suite twist. And this is, I think, the highest rated <laughs> twist I have ever seen in the history of the Stockwatch polling. Yeah, I like it. Uh, 67 out of 100. Wow. Yeah. You thirst, I mean, I yeah. like the it fact that it's also... 50. It beat average. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. No. <laughs> I think also the fact that it's not permanent for the whole mm. game, I think is also helpful. Like, they've specifically said it's only for this amount of time it's not going to like totally take over the game and put a whole new mm-hmm. dynamic in it it's just for these first couple weeks or first three weeks or whatever that a few people or like two people each week can be safe yeah. and like there's so many other targets yeah so it's not like oh no this, this is such a big deal it's literally like okay it's a possibility that the target that the hoh wants to get out will be safe but like there's so many other people like Taryn said, it's uh, it's one of the few twists that really helps the minority. It, like mm-hmm. th- this isn't a twist that helps the majority. Like Camp Comeback, Camp Comeback last year really helped keep the the majority alliance together because even if they mm-hmm. had the audacity to go after one of their own, they couldn't because that person was stuck in the house with them. So they'd blab everything about what was yeah. uh, the goings on of the inner workings of the alliance and where all the bodies are buried. So yeah. uh, some all twists are not made equal, and this is one twist that even though it helps. My specific favorites, uh, I I can I can get behind. I also yeah. like again should be worth noting, uh, like yes, Keisha had the ability to play in this, but Keisha's almost definitely not going home if not for this twist. Um, like just worth pointing out. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how she didn't play. Well, like given that conversation with Janelle too, I was convinced yeah, that was going to happen. I, we never really got yeah. a, a, an explanation on that. We never heard her say. This is why I didn't play. I, I just would have loved to hear what the hell she was thinking. Like, if you know, if if Kaser and Janelle play, they're probably going to both save each other. How can you not play? Well, they Week they one? they rang the buzzer at the very last second. Well, they, so. She could have followed Janelle right behind. I, look, I know Big yeah. Brother would have let them. Like, if they're all standing in line there, like with five seconds to go, they're going to let <laughs> them. Like, sorry, them. no, you were in line. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I think if she had more time to think about it, she might have played. Uh, but who knows? Um, who do you want to be evicted this week? 61% say Keisha. Keisha. Yep. I knew it. Keisha. Yep. Uh, and then I also included, who do you want to win HOH next week? Kaser. Janelle. Janelle. Janelle, <laughs> number Probably one. Kaser, yeah. close number two. Uh, they made up uh, 70% of the vote together. Um, <laughs> Tyler is the next option, followed by Ian, and then everyone else is pretty much negligible. Um, so I agree. I think Tyler would be an interesting one. But uh, Janelle and Kaser would be the most interesting. Ian would also be interesting, though. I who think. would Tyler yeah. target? That's it. I don't know. That's, yeah, it would be interesting because I have no idea. Intrigue. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's that was the survey. Um, anything else we got to talk about here? So just to be clear, uh, originally, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong. You gave Cody and Danny nines, and they've yes. now corrected it to eight. So everything They're is correct. Eights. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's and that's the thing. Like if I had rated Cody on like 
Friday, uh, I would have given him like a seven. Um, and like uh, Sunday, yeah. maybe, maybe it might have been an eight. Um, and then uh, today it was nine. And then something changed. And it was eight. Uh, that's oh, yeah. like, that's how that's how fluid these things are. That's how um, it is. Yeah. But everybody has the same information. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So that's what we have for the stock watch. Uh, I apologize for the lengthy runtime on this so, one, but I don't mean to ask a question, but just, just to be clear, like soon after this uh, ends, the uh, reality stockwatch.com will be live. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so you can go to reality stockwatch.com. Um, the, uh, the, here we go. I think it might, I don't want to say it on running if it's not, ah, here we go. Um, the ratings and the prices are in um here we go these are the players these are the prices um you can uh you can also look at the projections if that's working and uh and see where the prices will go depending on the rating they receive next week so this is all according to a formula that is extremely complicated uh so don't ask um but you can see you can see the result of it here so there's nothing hidden um you can see exactly where the price will be if somebody gets a rating so if you're watching here um on the video uh if christmas who is currently at five dollars gets a seven rating overall next week then she will increase by 32 percent and be worth six dollars and sixty cents next week uh so you will make a profit on her if you do that and she goes up and if she goes down you know that she'll go down um so that's the projections tab on the site and um you should be able to uh, buy and sell either now or soon. Um, please be patient if the site crashes because there's already been a ton of people signing up. And, yeah, uh, everyone's on no right idea. now, so I'd come back later. <laughs> I can't get on it right now. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, just check in whenever you can. Realitystockwatch.com um, You can uh, create an account or log into your previous this is so snazzy i love it yeah i got Uh, i got to see the projections page yes and so the the trading window will close when the episode starts on thursday um so at 8 p.m eastern i think it is uh on thursday uh you can no longer submit any buying or selling i would also not wait until the last minute again uh if you wait until the last minute the site might start that's a lot of people are going to do that site might get slow you might miss your window so get your picks earlier in the day the feeds are going to shut down long before 8 p.m so uh make sure you get that uh, stuff in and it sounds like the site is already down oh my so, god it's, lag there's yeah. lag for sure <laughs> um so don't uh don't worry about that like i said if it's down for now it will hopefully be back up uh soon enough and you'll be able to uh, get your picks in we you don't want to make it. your buys and sells right now anyway yeah um you want to wait until a little bit later um so that's going to be thursday at 8 p.m the trading window will close 8 p.m eastern um but uh, i would get your picks in uh probably like anytime after the feeds end or even just uh earlier that day um you can always get your picks in as well and then change them um until the closing until the trading window closes so um that's what you have there uh i want to thank again louis for the badges uh timothy for the site and alexandra who ran that uh wonderful spreadsheet that you saw and helps uh submit the ratings into the site um so fun stuff there um and that's what we have 
for you guys on the roundtable this week. Uh, it's been fun. It's been an interesting week. Mm-hmm. It's been an interesting week. Um, any final thoughts, Puya? I'm just stoked. I honestly, and I think that's the thing for me is that everything is going haywire. Everything could go haywire. The fact of the matter is, I did not think I would get the opportunity to watch the show this season or this summer, look at feeds this summer, talk about it on podcasts this summer, listen to all these podcasts in the summer. It's automatically single handedly given me so much to look forward to every day that I'm just thankful, not grateful because we can't say that anymore. I'm thankful. And I'm excited. I'm fired up. I'm looking forward to the Stockwatch. Getting to use this website because we didn't really get a chance to during Big Brother Canada. Excited for that. And just, you know, just, just feeling blessed, Tara. Just feeling blessed right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Timothy, the guy that is helps runs the site, did uh, message me and said that uh, uh, that he uh, sees that there is a minor bug on the Stockwatch. He's fixing it right now and will uh, try to unlock the site soon. So uh, just keep an eye out. Yes, uh, it's he's a uh, great great guy. Works works. Uh, he really he really loves the uh, the stock watch. Uh, really helps <clears throat> make it work. Um, so everyone, make sure you thank Timothy. Um, so uh, as Daquan pointed out as well, I will also be live on Twitch twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong Thursdays. Um, probably shortly after the feeds shut down uh depending on when that happens um and we'll do a stock watch stream where we'll go over uh different like uh strategies and advice for the stock watch um and uh and stuff like that so check that out on twitch twitch.tv slash taren armstrong melissa any final thoughts yeah like Puya said i'm very excited that we're here watching big brother it really brings a sense of normalcy to this crazy time so it's uh, been a really great distraction and and not only that to get to have all-stars where the level of gameplay is already great. So I'm very excited to see what happens. All right, Brent. I'm good. Just excited. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Thank you guys once more for joining us tonight. I will, of course, be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern to update you on everything that happens today uh, or that happened or will happen today on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. And then... uh, it is tomorrow night will be an episode. Uh, so there'll be a recap after the episode. And then Thursday, I'll have an update for you, a stock watch stream and uh, a episode recap after the episode on Thursday as well. Plenty of stuff heading your way. Thank you once more for checking us out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren. As I said, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taren Armstrong. Puya is at Puyaism. Anything else you got going on, Puya? Um, yes, I am hosting the uh, 90 Day Fiance Rahap Up podcast over on the Rahap Ups Network. It's been an exciting time. It's been fun. And uh, I've been very much enjoying getting to talk this, both this insane show and talking with the, uh, a lot of the new class of 2020 uh, people that have been gracious enough to join me. And uh, that's pretty much the only other thing that I've got going on that I have just as much passion for as this. Yo, uh, Melissa's at It's Melissa. <laughs> Three A's. That's how long three go. A's take to, to say. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> what are you up to, Melissa? Uh, this. <laughs> there you go. This is basically it. <laughs> and uh, Brent is that one lucky gay. Brent, what do you got going on? Uh, this. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, all right. That's what we have for you. Thank you so much once more for joining us. And we'll see you next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.